0: All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree, and a Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jarrett Waters. We have a special guest all the way from Ireland. We have Miss Tara. Tara, how are you, madam?
1: I am good, thank you. How are you?
0: Good. How do you say your last name?
1: Oh, um, the letter Q, so McQ, MC yeah, and Yeah, but McQ.
0: what do people usually say?
1: Uh, McHug. Um, McHug. I've had... I've had all sorts. Honestly, there I was just known as Miss like Miss T or Miss Tara because even the first name was tricky, even though it was just two syllables. But yeah. Miss T you can call me.
0: So if we don't know, Tara is an educator as well and I would say a fitness guru. You've been on your your fitness tip getting in shape and doing everything else. How long have you been in Ireland? You just recently went back. Why did you why did you go to Ireland?
1: Um, so our Lovely educational building closed on the 13th. -hmm. Um, Mr. Trump came out on the 14th with an announcement saying that there would be um, a travel ban in place and now it included UK and Ireland. Um, So it was like, you can travel until the 16th and then we're like shut and shut. Uh, My mom's dad was quite sick at the time and I'm very, very close with her. So I was just like, I always, with decisions like that, I'm just like, well, what would I regret more? Like not getting to say goodbye or like staying in New York. So I said, look, what happens, happens. And um, I went home. He actually didn't pass until May. Um, but yeah, I came home. I landed March 16th, day before St. Patrick's Day. That's I mean, I was able to work here, so it was fine, but.
0: That's good yeah, that was, you know, had those final moments with your grandpa to like, you know, express anything you had to express, right?
1: well yes and no because obviously it's covid so it was a lot of phone stuff it was a lot of on the phone
0: like things. Glass houses too right you sure like they're like boxed away in glass houses the older people in ireland
1: right all in isolation you can't what's what's crazy if you talk to nurses and doctors now is what they said was more valuable was phone chargers they said that the nurses and doctors were like running around the hospitals trying to trying to get chargers because people were having their last words their final words with their loved ones over the phone, which like kills my soul. There's they just um launched a big um program here, uh, like reality kind of a series following like nurses and doctors in Ireland. And like a lot of people have said that like it's hard to even watch. And I was just discussing with my mom like, will we watch it? Will we not? My grandfather did not die of COVID, but COVID like really affected how we said goodbye to him because we really weren't allowed in. At one point they did let my mom and her siblings in she has three siblings so four of them and my grandmother in but that was kind of to calm him down they weren't really saying that he was you know family gets called in you're thinking the worst but they they did get to technically say goodbye so I don't know I mean we're living in the age where you can you know you can be on phones and you can you can communicate but it's still face to I think I've learned through this we need human connection and that's not necessarily through a I mean, right now it's different because I can see you, but like over the phone for me, it's just not the same. FaceTime's good. I like to be able to see facial expressions and like hear tone, but I like face-to-face.
0: Yeah, that's what happened to my friend. My friend Steve, his dad passed away from COVID, but his dad was like 30 days in the hospital alone. Could no one see him, everything else. They had like FaceTime and stuff. So that was rough on the family. And then uh, I see like in Ireland, you guys are having a lot of protests out here. Right now? Well I saw like on the news like Ireland you guys have like a like a big brown community inside Ireland.
1: Right I mean I always get that my kids my kids in Harlem used to always ask me used to God I hope I get back but used to when I was in Harlem like asked me did we have black people and I did hip-hop dancing for years so I feel like I was always in a community with people with black people so I would have seen a lot more whereas I did have friends that would have rarely interacted. Like, growing up in school, I had, there was one, in the whole of elementary school, there was one uh, black girl, and um, I think she was adopted, I'm not even sure. Again, I didn't really interact with her, so I'm like,
0: why did I not interact
1: with her? I don't know. I was quite sporty, so maybe that was why, but um, yeah, I've I've really, I really reached out to a lot of my black friends and kind of just, not, like I just said, like I don't get it, I don't understand it, because I'm not black. I don't get what you guys get, but I just, I'm here if you guys need to talk or like if you need to like decipher, like if you want tips on maybe how to approach it with like with white people, like what to say or like not to get into like heavy kind of heated arguments and stuff, because I don't think us getting angry with one another is going to get anywhere. But I think it's a lot of, it's a lot of difficult conversations. But in my hometown, we did have one, we had one protest and I was teaching with time difference. We didn't get to go, but it was allowed to happen, which was great. Um, I think just people wanted to be heard. And like, you know we talk about this all the time you were saying like people say they're from africa but they don't really know where and like just even asking a question like where are you from can be offensive like my friend is a, is a singer here her dad's um african-american her mom's irish and she has two songs one is called where are you from and her second song is don't touch my hair so she has a whole movement and like honestly like her career is doing really well now because she's really being given a voice, and she's been on a lot of interviews, she's been on a lot of things. So, I said that to her. I said, I know it's like a, a back kind of compliment, but her career is kind of taken off with this kind of movement, which is great. I just hope it keeps going because I feel like it's fallen back in Ireland anyway. I'm not really hearing much about it anymore, it's not on my timeline as much. I don't know, maybe it's different for you, but
0: I mean, it's like these these things happen in America around the world. We're calling them racial sparks where it happens here, someone's killed, and everything else. So, that's why. Some people are like, I wouldn't say like, some people are just frustrated because like you care now, but will you care when the hashtags go away or when you care there's a new one? You know, there's another guy named Elijah who's killed by the police. I know, there's so many people that, that happen and stuff like that. And I think that it's like, I think Americans, black Americans, we're the smallest group of black people around the world, but we have the loudest voice. So when it happens to us, it just spurts around. So, people are just like, oh, it's just an American problem. Then you see people in Ireland, like, no, we feel this way. Then you hear people in London, like, no, we feel this way. So, like, everyone around the world has like issues, but it's just like it takes, it, they've probably been saying it like it's a big black and black discrepancy in like South America that they deal with and stuff like that. But it's just like, you don't speak Spanish, so you probably wouldn't know, you know? Or if you don't speak French, you probably wouldn't know the struggles of a black person in France. So, you know, the world's evolving. At least the people care. That's one thing to say. At least people are caring. You know, it's good that. I think. Are I think it's easy.
1: Care. It's really easy, especially for Irish people, would say, "Oh, that's only that's only an American problem," or that that's only sure, the Americans are mad. Like that's what a lot of Irish people would say. Oh, sure, they're mad over there in America. Like it's crazy. And like I had so many people say to me, on on trying to get back. Like, obviously, my grandfather passed in May. Um, my cousin actually passed away, like close in proximity to my grandfather, which was like tragic, he was only 18. But like, what I'm saying is I, after a while I was ready to go back. And it was a lot of people were like, "Well, like, why would you want to go back? Like, I'm seeing a lot of violence over there and I'm seeing like, you know, I saw like, the, the local news channel here. Well, not local. The The most famous Irish news channel is RTE. It's like Radio Telefiche Air and it basically just means like Radio Television Ireland in Irish, but it's RTE is what it's called. And it was like, what I actually did with my parents is, I actually live paused it and I like rewinded it and I just said I said to my mom and dad I said just look at the clips they decided to show of the states just just watch what they showed and like you have not you can have an idea because again it's white media like and that's when I was like damn I was like Ireland like you're messing up like I tell the black kids all the time like oh like we actually don't really have racism in Ireland but I was living in my own little white bubble, like I had no yeah. idea. A lot of microaggressions, like Irish people are microaggressive, we're the type of culture that if you get your food in the restaurant and you don't like it, you just stay quiet and eat it. Like you go to church every every weekend with your mom and dad, like, you might not agree, but you're still going to church. You could be hungover, but you're still going to, like not, like we're taught to be very, very quiet and like respect your elders and not gonna say anything. So I feel like the racism, no, it's not, you're not seeing, I hope you're not seeing, and um, Black Irish people like would be knelt on and stuff but definitely there's microaggressions like oh like you know can you speak African or like where's your mom from where's your dad from and um, oh have you ever tried to straighten your hair like those kind of
0: or like um, looks things. or looks you know sometimes even though the racism isn't open it might be there underneath you know uh what what would you say what would you say that your parents are seeing like on the media because they always show the worst you know they always show the worst
1: and that's what I did. I was like, "Can I like show you like your Instagram story like down the block from where I live?" And I was like, "That was a really peaceful protest, like really uplifting. You know, like people standing up and like and like talking about it, like black and white, which I think is really important because, you know, maybe you're not going to listen to the black person, but maybe if someone your own color stands up and says like we need to like do better, like it needs to be better." And you know, i I feel like we need to. I I've had awkward conversations with mom and dad for sure. Yeah, I really really have. I'm like like my, I don't know, like my brother might like imitate, like we have a lot of um, Nigerians, that would be the main country that's represented in Ireland for sure, yeah. like there's direct provision, I'm not sure, are you familiar with direct provision?
0: It's like Nigerians that kind of like migrated there, right?
1: Right, but like it's direct provision is like the housing that they're in,
0: oh yeah, they put until them, until yeah.
1: they get rehoused kind of thing, like mm-hmm. in my local school, like that I teach Perfect. in, um, they used to, yeah, well kind of, but, they would all come in like on a bus together, and like you know, kids would be already like aroused and like crazy from like whatever happened on the bus. I don't know what the structures were, but I know that it's not the best living, um, condition. So like, say it could be like my older brother who's like 30 might like imitate the accent, and I'm like, you can't like that's not, like that's not really nice like to do. I didn't like the way you did that. Like you're kind of making fun of how they speak. I was like, if I went over to America, and they start imitating my accent, I would feel a type of way. So I was just like. But Again, they but like my Everybody grandmother says, Tara, you've traveled, so I right. guess I see different.
0: I mean, it's it's all about culture being exposed to. You know what I mean? Mm. It's, it's when it's not in your backyard, you don't understand it. Like a lot of people probably don't know the Irish War, Northern Ireland, and regular Ireland. No one probably understands that. No one I
1: get that, does. but I'm, and people were bringing it up, like they were like, "Oh, well, like they don't know like how we suffered with the English," and like my great grandfather was pulled out of bed, and like. Um, it was hard to tell if they were Protestant or Catholic because they were both white. They both had red hair. So how did you know if they're Catholic or Protestant? Because the cross doesn't tell you anything. They're very, very similar. I don't know if you've ever. When I realised how similar the two religions were was when I watched Prince Harry and Meghan get married, and I was like, it's basically the same mass, but there's different little things. Like when the priest says "Peace be with you," we say "And also with you." I think they say "And with your spirit." Just a complete, like, different, like, nothing. Like if it's if we all are God's children, then you shouldn't be doing this anyway. But how they would find out if they're Protestant or Catholic was they would just stalk them. Like they'd need to know what school they went to, what uh, church they went to, even what store they went into. And then if you were a Catholic in a Protestant area, vice versa, like you were like tortured. But I'm not. But we're not talking about this right now. It's not the 1916 rise, in, which is when we got our free state. It's not 2016. It's 2020, and it's about. We need to stand up for black people it's not about ireland england right now but i get i do get what you're saying it's just exposure but i think it's like the timing of it like you're talking about it's a spark right now so we need to keep that spark going don't start bringing up we can all bring up stuff like bad wars and how people are mistreated but i was trying to get people to direct their energy you know have that empathy and then use it for them don't start talking about our history because. That's a whole thing. And I feel a type of way about that too.
0: But. Yeah, and Ireland have their own country. Some black people don't have a country to go to. They're still in like different... Right, we
1: talked about that, Europe. how you guys don't have a flag. Some of you don't actually know what flag. I know there's the Pan-African flag.
0: It's a Pan-African flag, but you can't wear the Pan-African flag to the Olympics, you know?
1: Exactly, exactly, exactly. So like when
0: people ask you represent, they fall under the American flag. And, you know, that's, I think that's the thing because people, you know, they talk about the Ireland, the, you guys' history, but there's, probably, there's black people in Ireland that probably feel like they're not a part of history. They probably feel like they're, they're, their voice doesn't count. But, you know, when you're in different countries, you always focus on the big countries. Whatever the biggest country is or the biggest issue where all the news are, that's where it's focused on. Mm-hmm. And a lot, I think forgot one of my friends. She's like, why do they have to break into the Gucci store? I'm like, you don't even shop at Gucci. Why do you care? Like, who cares about the Gucci store?
1: But also, I mean, what I said to people was, I said, if you're looking at this, like for example, there was, I won't like, I'm not gonna put someone on blast, but a Irish person who, when they watched the video and I, I haven't watched it even at some so I can't, I, I just, I'm not, I don't have, it just kills me, I can't watch it. I like, I, But I'm also not like ignorant either. I'm like, I know what happened. I just don't need to see it because it's just too much for me to see it. But they're like, the first question they asked And we do this with kids all the time, right? Like, you put, like, a picture up and you go, okay, like, infer, like, what do you think is happening? Like, you know, the first question this particular person said was, well, I mean, he obviously did something for the police to react like that. And I was like, I was like, deep breath in, deep breath out. Like, because you do need to, like, and I have just, like, left Harlem. Like, it's a, even in New York, oh, you work in Harlem, their face changes. And I'm like, what? Like, I brought my mom to harlem in december at christmas time and she loved it we were in the red rooster like most nights there was this guy like headstone like a red suit who like loved my mom gave her all the attention of the world i was like irish guys don't give me attention like that he was like her biggest fan like and i was like they're just people and like when they hear the irish accent i think they loosen up too like i spoke to you about this how like in some of the black children's eyes i was like i'm a white woman and i was like oh like that means something different now like i'm not just automatically liked the irish are quite liked wherever they go but amongst like in front, standing for the black people i was like oh tyra like this is like you're gonna have to break down a couple of barriers first like and they're not actually barriers that you've put up so it's a little bit tricky it's like you're i don't know you're coming into somebody else's mess but i mean they they realize after a while they, the kids know the kids know you're a nice person they know
0: right. if
1: you're you know they, they open up as they go but
0: I had explained to one one of my old co workers because she was trying to tell me about her struggle. And I was like, listen, wherever country you're from, when you come to America, as long as you're not black, you're something else. That's why so many people want to be something else. I'm from Panama. I'm from this. I'm from that. Because they know the lowest class is like black people. They know whatever country you're in the world, you know that there's problems with black people. Like, how does everyone know who Martin Luther King was?
1: Mm.
0: Everyone knows who he is. There's like streets in Turkey that says Martin Luther King Boulevard. I'm like, what, what is this here for? You know, they have Malcolm X, everything else. So they know, like they know the struggle. So when they get to America, like, yeah, even if you come from a war stricken area, when you come to America, like, Oh, good. I'm not black. So I'm good. You know? Right. So that's how they do it. You know, that's how they like, and it's every, every country in the world, the lowest class of people are the darkest people. India, and everything like who, you go Yeah, to it's like, like, who decided? I was wondering, who like, decided what the, that? Right. So let's, let's, let's back up. Let's back up. This is the current event. <laughs> let's go. Let's find out who Tara is. Where are you originally from? What city are you from?
1: <clears throat> oh, the, oh, So where I'm from, like, I'm close to Dublin, like the actual capital. But I wouldn't call it, we don't really call them cities. They're more like towns, kind of. So what town um, what town I'm north. I'm actually between, I'm between Northern Ireland and like Dublin, I'm like in between. So I'm like halfway to Dublin, halfway to like, the actual border, but it's actually a soft border. So that's where I was born and
0: raised. Are you allowed to go to Northern Ireland?
1: Sure am. I can go, it's a complete soft border. There's no police, there's no, I mean, this could change. With COVID, it could change. And with, um, uh, with Brexit, it could change. Because now they're saying like, England are no longer part of the EU. So do we need actual border control? A lot of people came down from the North during Brexit to try and get passports, because now the Irish passport is a lot more valuable. Like The fact that I can wander into any EU country without a visa is like amazing, especially after going through so many visas to get to America. But you can go, there's no border.
0: So Northern Ireland, Northern Ireland, they relate more with England.
1: Northern Ireland is six of their counties so counties are like states on a small scale. That's how I'd explain okay. them as best. They're like little, like on a map, they look like, like little states, but obviously on a way, way smaller scale, like our population is 4.8 million total. The population of my city here is like uh, 35,000 and growing.
0: people are in North Ireland.
1: Oh, total. I have no idea. Um, if you actually, even, even if you're in New York and you hear like an Irish accent, honestly, like nine times out of 10, they're probably from the North. A lot of people, um, like, emigrate, like, away, away from the North. I don't know whether it's, like, old school thinking. A lot of people, if they're, like, if they're gay, if they have, like, different beliefs, if it's not, it's very, like, in the North, if you're Catholic, you're really, really Catholic. And if you're Protestant, you're really, really Protestant. That's how I've kind of, I've met a lot of them in America, like, a lot of them. Like, nine times out of ten, the Irish person will be somewhere from the North. They've either opened a bar in New York or, like, they've... Emigrated over; they never came back. There are a lot of them are undocumented.
0: When did this war? When did this? Has it always been like that? When did Ireland split? When did it? Oh, it goes, like you're state? talking
1: like you're talking like 16, 17th century. Like it goes way, way, way back. Like we talk about this all the time. Like if there's a spot, if there's an area where England can overtake, they overtake, and they and they did heavy because we have 32 counties, and in 1916 we became a free state. But people will still you have like the like the IRA, the Irish Republican Army that wanted the 32 and they saw it as a loss. They were like all or nothing kind of guys. So we got 26 out of the 32. So the other other six counties are still owned by England. So when Brexit happened, it was like a lot of anxiety, like, oh, like who's in charge? Like it was just like so. Like, how is this working? Like, can we still trade? Can we still... Because we're still on the same island. So a lot of trades... The Queen of England owns
0: Northern Ireland. The Queen of England... So Northern Ireland, all... So everything, they they belong to England right now.
1: Right. Those six counties are in English. Like, they own them.
0: Because they're Catholic.
1: No, just like they just own those six counties. So within those six counties, those six counties are heavily Protestant and Catholics will be like um, in the minority but they still coexist. It's just not as, I mean, a big day coming up now, the 12th of July, that's when like William of Orange, like they he's celebrated and they march all through the North. So anyone that's Catholic from the, from the North, my ex-boyfriend actually used to be sent down. That's how we met. Like we met in like July because he had been sent down from his family because he was a bit of a rebel and like, he would wear his Gaelic jersey, which would be like Catholic. Like he'd wear something that was like, I'm Catholic. But on their day, like things would get crazy, like fireworks throw, Because like, we don't have guns. So it'd be a lot of like, I don't know, throwing pint glasses at each other and like fireworks and like crazy stuff. But I mean, there's been a lot of bombs as well. There's, there was a famous OMA bombing as well, which is in Armagh, which is like 40. No, it's about an hour for me. If I go north, it's about an hour I can get there. But when we were small, we used to go up the north to get like fireworks and uh there's like a famous like drink that's illegal, like putine. It's like a really strong, strong, strong liquor. So like it's like it's like the bowls part of of Ireland. But I don't and, go there that often. And
0: nobody ever wants these Irish states to be free, or they don't want to be free.
1: Well, this has kind of been dug up again now because with Brexit, it's like how are we gonna like how are we monitoring this? Like how there's like there's airports in Belfast. There's like three airports, like. It's like they, it's brought up this whole debate of like, will we become a whole entire um, like free land completely? But I don't know. It's like, it's been years of being owned by England. So it's like, I don't know where you start. They also say that we can't afford, they have like a lot of debt and stuff. And like England, like when you go to England, I know you've been, um, the NHS, like the, um, the medical kind of uh, organization, like it's free. So when you go to the doctor, uh, hospital GP like it's all free there's no private public here it's private public so there's little things like that it's like if the northern people became all part of Ireland they'd have to start paying for health insurance so like they're not happy about that either so it's kind of people are definitely like debating over back but in my lifetime like I'm about 29, I don't see me seeing a free Ireland I don't see that happening in my lifetime
0: a free northern Ireland
1: Well, a free, like a completely free Ireland.
0: Sovereign state where everyone's together. Like
1: a whole, it's all owned. But I mean, it was funny. I was on the subway, like, not like about a week before I came home. And I was like talking over to my friend. He's actually, I don't even know, Tank's hair. I mean, like, I guess it's culture. I mean, he speaks Spanish. If you ask him where he's from, he says Dominican Republic. And I was chatting over and back to him. And I could see a guy who was like, I don't even know what you were talking about. And then he was like, he like looked at me and he was like, Irish. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, how do you feel about the Brits? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, I'm on a crowded subway, like everybody's, well, everybody's listening and they're not really because everyone has their earpods in. I like took a deep breath and I was like, I was like, how long do you have? <laughs> and he just like laughed. And I said, look, I said, I wouldn't be having this conversation with you right now if it wasn't for the English. I would be a Glarich whale guy and you wouldn't have a clue what I was saying because only Irish people speak Irish. So, I don't know. You have to take the go with the bad, I think.
0: I'm happy that they. So when you said you speak that, is it uh, a certain dialect that Irish people speak, besides English? There's
1: like four or five different dialects within my tiny country. And this is where two Irish people could speak the language and not understand each other. So obviously, you know, Mr. Mack, his father was from Donegal, which so happens to be in the north geographically, but it's not Northern Ireland. So that's why he, his father would have learned, I think his father moved over. He's like first generation anyway, but um, his Irish is very different to mine. Like I could get Mr. Mack to say one sentence and I would say another and he'd be like, that sounds like two different um, like genre. It just sounds completely different.
0: So before the British came over and did everything to Ireland, you guys, no one knew understood each other. No
1: one, yeah. I feel like that. that's actually, like, that's something that I'd love to...
0: No one understood each other.
1: No one had a clue what each other was saying, but there's different, yeah, there's different pronunciations and things, which makes things quite complicated. But it's a dying language. It's really not doing well. Like, it's, they need to do something to, like, regenerate it and revive it. Maybe through music.
0: I don't know. So, we grow up inside this town. What is it like? Two-parent household, one-parent household? What is it like that you...
1: Two-parent household and... That's so funny. Like, I I wouldn't even, like, that wouldn't even be a question in Ireland because divorce, like, wasn't allowed until the 80s. So, yeah. So what does that that mean? It meant a lot of my friends grew up in households that maybe mom and dad shouldn't have stuck together, but it would have looked bad in front of the neighbors to kind of, like, split. There was one girl in my elementary, Bonnie. I remember her so well. And she came from, like, a single-parent home. And it was like, oh, my God. Like, automatically, she was just, like... My school was quite, like... Snobby, like I always say to mom, we didn't belong in in John carney School that I went to. Like we really didn't. It was very. Everyone was a member of the golf club and the tennis club. Like they might have been assholes, but like they had money. Like we didn't. So were you, we were you were part of? Were you,
0: were you considered middle class in Ireland? Was your family middle class? What class? Were yeah, you
1: middle class for sure. Whereas a lot of these people were like had a lot of properties, a lot of money. Like to even be a member in the golf club is like really expensive. The only reason my brother still is a member is because. His membership, like, try, like, kind of moved with him as he got older. But it's a lot of money. It's like a couple of grand a year just to be a member in the golf club.
0: So, so this kind the- of
1: notions going on.
0: So, two parent household, strict, strict upbringing, or what was that like?
1: I feel like it was good cop, bad cop. So, like, dad's dad, dad was born and raised in the country, like farmer, farmed his whole life. Like, kind of didn't really bother with school because like the farm was waiting. Uh, Mainly, like, mainly no animals, like, all, like, land. Um, And then mom kind of, like, was born and raised in the town. So we kind of got to see both sides. I found that, like... Say again?
0: She's considered a city girl, right?
1: Right. So she was city and dad was was country. Country was more, like, I always remember my dad's mom not being as, like, embracing, like, physically. She wouldn't, like, grab and, like, hug us. Whereas, like, my mom's mom would have been very, very affectionate. And like, kind of like happy to see us. Whereas sometimes I felt like my dad's mom, it was like, oh, here they are. Like, I have to, I have to mind them now for the day, but not as like, you just didn't feel as loved in, in the country household. But that's just country people. And maybe it's like this, I don't know how the South is. I don't know how to compare it, but I just feel like the city, it's they're tough. a bit we're, more. We're, like,
0: all, we're all hands on. We're hands on, hugging everything else. Hey, how are you to random people and stuff like that.
1: Yes, asking north. random people how you are, like uh, it, when you drive in the country you now, like you wave at everybody, like everybody gets waved.
0: So like, you might be thinking, in New York, people, some people in New York are like isolated, where they don't speak to people unless they know them.
1: Right. Yeah,
0: but it depends. Well, I mean,
1: people were calling it the melting pot. Me and my friend talked about this. We were like, is it really though, or is it a bunch of like separate pots that are maybe in a cupboard together, but they don't speak?
0: Like the melting pot is the train. That's the only time it melts when they right. get on the train, When you see culture right. you haven't seen before. You know, because you got to think about gentrification and everything else. A lot of people who are from these neighborhoods are moving out to different neighborhoods. So the melting pot might happen deep in the Bronx. It might yeah. be that because some people all live together. So it's really the melting pot by, by money. If you're poor, you probably live with other poor people. It doesn't matter where you are. But there's Spanish Harlem. There's where the Jewish people live. There's everything else. So maybe New York's just famous for just having a lot of cultures.
1: Right. And it's not. But when I heard melting
0: pot, I was like, I don't know. Two years living there, I don't really see the melting pot. Texas is a melting pot. Florida, Tampa, Florida. There's a lot of stuff. I think the South is more of a melting pot because since they're so open, you'll talk about anything because you don't you don't know. You'll ask a question. You know?
1: Right.
0: I think one when I, my lady met my, my one of my aunts, my great aunt, and she fills her hair and she tells her, she's like, oh, I'm from Belize. She goes, oh, what part of Texas is that? <laughs> um, and I was like no she's not she was Mexico. deadly serious like, oh where are you from Mexico
1: and it's always know. so funny when you like bring somebody like who they don't know down to like again if I brought them to like my dad's family I am and oh, that's the side of things I am way more anxious I'm like they could say anything right now like I would like love to walk you in there and be like what are they going to say like literally just like can we like record this because this is going to be like God knows what is going to come to their head. They're going to ask something like that. Like, I I don't know. I would like to see that.
0: <laughs> so are you from a big family, small family? What's an average size family in Ireland? What's Ooh, that?
1: Oh, it depends. Some people can have like, some people can have like 19 or 20 like cousins. We can be like heavy on cousins. Whereas we had nine grandkids on both sides. So nine of my dad, nine of my mom. So we actually didn't have that many. So we were kind of very close growing up. We were all kind of like, we were all, thrown in the car together and like brought to the local, like to a playground in Dublin or something like that. Like we have photos, we're always out and about, we're always kind of with each other because the, our families would have been pretty, would have been, they'd be considered average. But I mean, it was different times as well. People were having more kids, they were having kids sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, now there's like, I don't know, you can freeze your eggs, there's crazy stuff going on. There's like lots of different things you can do. But our family was quite normal. It wasn't big or small but there's, I have friends who have 19 and 20 cousins, but they don't really get to know their cousins. Whereas I know my cousins really, really well.
0: Well, what, what about your nuclear family? How big is that?
1: Like my actual like household, like my home. And
0: your house, what's the average? Oh,
1: just five. So I have two brothers, one younger, one older. I'm in the middle.
0: The middle. Like a middle child. What do you think you, the middle child suffers from the most? You think
1: you uh, I think it's like everything we, everything we messed up on the first kid. I mean a lot you're of the, the time first
0: girl though, so the girl's completely different. I feel like when you're the first girl it's completely different.
1: But it was mainly boys on both sides. So like I either played with dolls by myself
0: or mm-hmm. like
1: learned how to play football. Or like cried because one of the boys hit me or like learned to hit the boys back. But then what happened was mom sent me to elementary school and it was all girls. And I was honestly quite traumatized like I was traumatized because I was like, Oh, I can't hit them. <laughs> oh, there's no football, like what? And again, it was Catholic school. So, like, we were told that we were ladies. and like, we should walk. We shouldn't run. And I'm like, how so I said to mom, I was like, you really messed me up sending me to an all-girls school when you raised me with boys. It was like being raised with wolves and then, like, educated with cats. It was, that was crazy.
0: How would you say that growing up now versus growing up back then, how they perceive the ideal of the gender of girl? How do they, they how do they perceive it? Do you think it's... Do you think it was more like hurtful, trying to tell girls, you're pretty, you're this, you shouldn't be doing this, or like limiting girls' abilities? Did you feel like it was like that growing up in your all-girls school?
1: I feel like the school, I feel like the, yeah, the limitations definitely came from the school. Like even at recess, we didn't get a ball. What was crazy was my brothers were on site with us. So picture a school that's in the same big, big building. Mm-hmm. but we're like separated so i could like see the boys with the football so like it was even like worse cuz it was like you could see what you were missing out on but i don't know i think what i struggled with when i got older was like emotions and being like quote unquote soft or like you know be like being afraid to cry because boys don't cry and like because i feel like i was kind of raised with boys i didn't tap into like the emotional side that that females we just have we have that side and like a softer side. Like, I would have always been like, I would have appeared quite like hard. Like, girls would have told me they were afraid of me growing up because I was good at sports. But it wasn't that I was like, raw It was that I was raw if there was like a ball because I would have played football at the local football club and a lot of the girls would have kind of came and went but like never really stayed. Whereas now we have like two, two, two football teams of each age um, from like ladies which is like 18 and up um, under 18s, under 16s. Like, there's, it's very different now. Like, it's way more acceptable now to play football. Like, okay, there's let's pink go. shorts. There's, like, you know, there's there's things to make girls want to play, I feel.
0: I mean, I think that the society is just changing. If you look at wrestling, wrestling is more, they have a female division now. So, I feel like, you know, if I have a daughter growing up, at least she could see female wrestlers that are like, oh, these are female wrestlers instead of just right. – they were, like, women getting effed up in the WWF back in the day. Besides China, they were throwing old women through tables and stuff like that and everything else. I sort of do wish they would still have, like, when they would fight together, but now it's kind of, like, separate. Because some of the female wrestlers, I think it would be funny for them to be in, like, or funny for a dude to get knocked out by a woman besides just China. Like, makes them the- all. Yeah, That's so a-
1: funny, though, because my memories of, like, WWF are, like, the Dudley Brothers, the Hardy Brothers, uh, Mankind, Undertaker, Kane—like we used to love it. We used to watch it in like my playroom. And like you talked about strictness, like Dad was definitely bad cop. Like Dad was anti-violence. Like what? Like you know, and every time he would come into the room, and we weren't supposed to be watching it, Stone Cold would be like bust open, or like Undertaker was pushing Mankind off the cage. Like it was always the pinnacle of the main event. And we would have the whole street in because, like, my mom would be like, I'm gonna, I'll buy, it. we'll buy SummerSlam or whatever. Like, SummerSlam was in August, Royal Rumble was in January. The whole street would be in our house because we paid the 25 pound or whatever it was at the time to be able to watch it. But dad was like, Why are you watching this? It's crazy. Like, this is why the world's mad. Like, there's so much violence. Like, dad would be like, No, you're not watching it. But
0: and I think a lot of it. people don't understand how big the WWF was. There was a, oh, there was a, I was doing some history about it. There was this time period, but like when there was like NWA wrestling, when it was like Ric Flair and everything else, and they had two hours of unfiltered TV. So people, when they got home, they would just watch wrestling all day. So the right. parents would watch wrestling and then the kids would start wrestling and everything else. So now these kids growing up, they watch wrestling, but it wasn't as intense as us because they were swearing on live TV. Right. Live TV, there are nudity happening in the WWF. I was like, "Whoa, that was." So I, I and then guess... they
1: like they, they used to not be like separate. Like I had one kid this year that was like obsessed, and like obviously I know Becky is like a big big deal on SmackDown, and I was kind of tired of like Becky literally lives like forty minutes away, same as like Conor McGregor. Like all of our fighters, I guess, come from the city from Dublin, but um, it used to be separate. Like or it used to be all together. There was no there was Monday Night Raw and like Thursday Night SmackDown, but. It, you didn't have to, you could go on, like the Hardy Boys could fight on both or they'd fight on one and they'd appear, like oh, they'd win on Monday Night like, Raw and then they'd appear on, on with the belts or whatever. Well, what like.
0: happened was when WC fell, when WCW caved in, they got all these wrestlers and they had so many talent, you know. And like
1: Brock Lesnar, he came from, did he come from WCW? No, no, no,
0: he he didn't come. Booker T came from WCW. Yes. Booker T, uh, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, all those people came over Scott Hall, Kevin, Ray Master, Mysterio, was Blair, he? Ray Mysterio, all those people came. Wow. They're all WCW wrestlers, so they had all this talent. They, divide, they
1: That's why they divided it in two, was it because the, the came talent came in heavy? Yeah, and what, why did the WCW just end? It just filtered
0: out? Or? Bad, no, it was bad business and stuff like that. Bad business, there bad deals, and the company really just caved in. It was really ran by the inmates. The inmates ran the asylum, so when the wow. people would come in, it was just the directing was gone, so eventually they just sold it like it was just too much of a hassle so now they got like AEW or some of the wrestlers run it and stuff like that
1: there was ECW ECW
0: ECW, they Vince McMahon bought all those companies oh my god it's like a monopoly a little bit you know there's a lot of wrestlers especially Japan has a big Japan has a big impact wrestling they have a lot of big wrestlers the Bullet Club so there's a whole other wrestling John But that
1: was me, like, I would, watch, and I, I, we wouldn't get Monday Night Raw on a Monday or, like, SmackDown on Thursday. They, like, came on, like, random times. They came on, like, Saturdays, Sundays. That's why we love the pay-per-views, because we actually, now, we'd like, we'd watch them, like, after. So you'd be in school all day, like, couldn't wait to get home. Like, school ended at three, and you were, like, 3.30, We were like, at home after getting off the bus, and, like, everyone come over to, like, the McHugh household, because, like, we're about to all watch World Rumble. Like, it was so much fun, but, I wouldn't have really openly said that in a girl's school because who's going to want to talk about wrestling? So like this year, the kid that was in my class was like, and she's an only child. And I think she's quite close with her dad. Her dad's really into like soccer and like wrestling and stuff. She was like so happy to talk about wrestling with me. And I was like, I kind of wish I had somebody at that age to kind of bounce off with. Because like football, wrestling, like that was my thing. Teenage Mutant, Turtles, whatever they were called. Like that was... I wasn't watching Disney movies. I really didn't, like, we went to sleepovers. I was like, I don't want to, I would be known as the girl who, like, wouldn't go to sleep because I didn't want to watch the, like, movies they were watching and stuff. It just wasn't what I was into. Or it was kind of just something I didn't know. Do
0: you think it's because you were raised with a lot of boys, do you think that your dad kind of treated you as a bro? Or are you just always, what do you think that was?
1: Well, like, why? I, I, I feel like it was just being raised. Like, I went to either of my grandparents' house. It was always boys, like, the first girl came along, like, let me well, see. cousins, all right your wrong. cousins are boys as well? Yes, cousins as well. So, like, obviously, my nuclear family were, were boys. Tig is 18 months older than me. And Poreg is four years younger. But, um, no, even when I went, yeah, like, a- everywhere I went, it was just, like, boys. The only place where it wasn't was, like, school. And, again, it was Catholic school. Everyone was really quiet. Like, the priests came in to hear confessions. Like, very old school. We weren't hit, but, like, we were, like, emotionally, like, drained from having to be like not allowed to speak like you were not ne- you were never allowed like speak up for yourself like that was rude like you weren't allowed to say well actually i disagree like no like you have did to you have, sit there
0: did you have a lot of female friends like or let's go through who was like your first friend when you're in like elementary school who was that first friend that Ooh, you? was my first yeah, um
1: right. they're what i call my geographical friends because like they live down the road so i would have been like emma emer Hannah. they would have been like my first like geographical friends um, and I would have been with them all through elementary, and then we all went to the same high school, which again was all girls. So my first okay. experience being being educated with boys was college. That was my first time having like guys in my class. Oh
0: wow!
1: Eighteen, eighteen years old, and I'm like, oh hey.
0: <laughs> kind of raised like a so like an orthodox person a little bit.
1: Right, literally. When we watched the the orthodox um, Netflix, I was like, we do this in Ireland. It's just not. We don't go shaving people's head and stuff like we do a lot of this stuff. Irish people are very like, I don't know, like they're, they're quick to judge everybody else sometimes. And I'm like, guys, we do that here. Like you talk about arranged marriages. I'm like, well, like that happens. Like always Jared's a very handsome young man down there. And I heard he has land or like he has cows. <laughs> and then like, you end up getting with the daughter. Like it's not really arranged, but it kind of is.
0: My friend, she's orthodox. And that's what she said. She said she was like 19 when she started being like, started having like actual male friends that were boys crazy like I always playing. had
1: I always had friends who were boys because up up to the age of 12 I could play football with the boys and then when you got to 12 like that was traumatic because it was like Tara you can't play anymore and I was like what like but they're like they're like no you're not under 12 anymore like you're gonna we go into high school at 13 here because we have five years with an optional fourth year an extra year is optional so it can be six years So I was like, "What? like I can't play. So then what I started to do was recruit other girls in like my neighborhood. I was like, do you guys want to play football? And they're like, what? Like they had never kicked a ball. Like they were like 13, they were like, no. And I was like, guys, I need you to play. So we have to try and field a a team of 15. And most days we don't have like 12 or 13. And if you didn't field 15, it was like tough. It's like going out like with a start in three instead of a starting five. The other team can play their 15, like, so that was football like
0: she's referring to. You're talking about um, the universal football, right? She's talking about soccer, yes. No,
1: I'm not talking about soccer. I'm talking about Gaelic football. Yeah, so okay. like Irish it football, it down, Gaelic, Gaelic. Football.
0: What's Irish football. What are the rules of that?
1: Um, so it's a round ball, and um, I basically um, what I say it's like rugby a cross a
0: between. Bit. Tell me what's up. Is it like rugby a little bit?
1: It's like rugby, but not as physical. I actually don't know why we say it's like rugby. It's actually really not like rugby. It's like um, soccer. American football kind of combined. So a field goal is worth one, and a soccer goal is worth three. So our goals are like a soccer goal, but a little bit taller, and then you have the poles for, like, the field goal, same as you guys have for American football.
0: Do you tackle and you're allowed
1: – what's it?
0: Do you tackle each other? Are you guys physically knocking each You other? are
1: allowed to go for the ball only. It's kind of like basketball. You can, like, take the ball. If, like, someone shows you the ball, you can take it. But it's I technically non-contact. Men are allowed shoulder. Women are not. There's like, it's funny because women's football is massive now. But they still kept the rules a little bit different. So in, in men's football, when you go to take the ball from the ground, because it's a round ball, it's a round football, like a soccer ball, you have to like chip it up with your toe. But in women's football, you can just pick it up. So when I first started to cross over to girls' football, they're like, oh, you don't have to put your like toe under the ball anymore. And I was like mad because I was like, no, this is how you play, like, I'm going to, so I would, like, deliberately, like, do the boys' rules, just to be, like, you guys are, like, messing it up, I was kind of, like, bitter with, like, the girls' football, I was, like, what, and now it's, like, different, but, yeah, you're, like, four four steps, and then you have to either bounce it or, like, tip it off your toe, but you can't do two bounces in a row, so if you bounce it, your next step has to be tipping it off your toe, like, you kind of just, like, kick it off your toe and catch it, i have to show you a video it's really hard to find
0: as you as you're playing sports and growing up you're used to being around a whole bunch of boys was it do you think it was hard to like make new friends at school or you just had your same set of friends and it follows you throughout like high school
1: no i never i never really struggled to make friends i don't know i don't i guess i was like quite sociable as a i mean like male
0: friends like what about male friends that weren't no i
1: always again because i'd always like i'd have male friends but through sports so Was it hard to make friends outside of sports with other boys? Definitely. I think my main thing was like, oh, sports. And like, if you didn't play sports, like we just weren't cool. Like sports was like everything for me.
0: So if the schools are right next to each other, were there ever people that dated but just had to like... No,
1: because our principal was like, if you touch a boy, like you're going to die. Like it was crazy. Like they said that? It was like mean girls. (laughs) If you touch touch a boy, boy. you're going to die. It was very old school. It really was very, very, very old school.
0: Is it today still the same views growing up inside those schools? You think it's still the same thing?
1: No, I I see a lot more like integration. I, I feel like with social media, maybe they, I don't know if little 13 and 14 year olds go on like Tinder and stuff, but they no, all I'm seem t- to be- I'm
0: talking about like high school, more, like high school. What's that like? Is it just like you still, was it still like- Well, there's okay. mixed high
1: schools and then there's like single sex high, high schools. So I feel like the single sex high schools probably are still a bit like that. Mm. I don't know though, I feel like they wear less clothes nowadays. They're like more like, like PDA is like a big thing. Like I see, like, I don't feel like I'm the person being like, oh my God, the youth, are crazy. But I'm just like, whoa, like that girl has like no clothes on. And you're like 12, I just, I don't. I'm like, your mom let you go out like that? Like what?
0: So was your why, did you ever wonder why your parents sent you to this Catholic school instead of like a mixed school? No,
1: literally, I was going to go to a different school. that would be more towards the town. Mm -hmm. and instead I kind of went to like a more like I would say it was more sheltered like I first witnessed a kid talk over the teacher in high school as a 13 year old and I was like she just like answered that teacher back like that teacher was like telling her she did something wrong and she like right off the bat and she went to a totally different school and I was like wow so I said that to mom I was like we were very sheltered out there we were sheltered from like any kind of like misbehavior drugs like any kind of poverty like there was no one poor in our school so it was like weird.
0: So high school was the school where you were like more culture, where you started meeting people from different. It was,
1: and yet it was single sex. But I would go to like basketball camps and like basketball weekends away with like guys. And that's where like I started date, I started to kind of date guys again through sports. So I would date guys off the like um, the boys' team because we would all kind of train together.
0: Was that intimidating? Were guys intimidated by? Because I think some guys. I would never, by, yeah, like, I would wrong, never even think that.
1: Like, yeah, I've definitely. I've had moments like even in my like current life where I have to like pretend I don't know as much as I do about sports sometimes. Cause you can just see they're like, Oh God,
0: <laughs> you why know, do you think like you know more, do why do you no think, more what,
1: than I know. And I'm like, I don't know.
0: Why do you think women do that? Where they try to dial it back and act like they don't know as much as about a sport as possible. Why do you think? I don't,
1: do I feel like I feed off of the person. I, like, I honestly, if the person is like insecure about stuff like that, like I feel like, I mean, I probably shouldn't, but I feel like I adjust to like what they're, what they're saying, because they could move on to a different topic, like wrestling or something else. I'm like baseball. I don't know about baseball. I'm like I don't like even American football. I'm like you can like tell me what's like. I know the aim of the game, and I've played football myself, and it's not the same thing, but it's similar in ways. But but you,
0: but you said that you sometimes act like you don't know as much about a topic. I just
1: kind of like stop talking about it because I'm just like you know, like it's not really a conversation anymore. It's like they're just like listening, and I'm like. Is that a I turn off when a guy does
0: not – is he not into sports or is that what you need? you have to have a guy who's, like, into sports?
1: I feel like mm, – no, I'm kind of trying to think. My, like, last boyfriend wasn't that into sports. He was kind of, like, into the gym and stuff. For me, it's, like, you need to have – I want to know what your outlet is. Like, if I piss you off, what, what are you – like, what is your thing you're going to go do? I can't have you, like – like, you need to have your own, like, kind of group of guys. Or, like, do your own thing as well. I'm all about, like – the person being their best self. And then when they get with the person, it's like added. It's not a compensation thing of like, my day doesn't start till I see him or like whatever. Like, I'm very much like, I'll go to the gym. Then we can like go get food or something like that. I'm not like, you need to come to the gym with me and like work out with me. And like, we're doing everything together. I don't see that as a, as a healthy relationship. But I mean, I mean, I've seen other people do. It. I don't know if it's working for them. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just very much like, not that they have to be into sports, but then they're like, you know, the NBA's come back in July 31st. Like, I've got to be watching that. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to watch that, like, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> Cause Let's I need back it up. So what,
0: so what age when you first started, what was your first boyfriend?
1: Oh. You, when you like
0: your first boyfriend? Cause every, I, think I feel like 15,
1: maybe like proper, like holding hands and stuff, probably like 15.
0: What was that like? Who was What's his name? Well,
1: he was, I told you, he was from the North. So he came down for like a July because he was like, he was not that he was a rebel, but like he would just do dumb stuff, and I feel like that was like the attraction. He was like a bit of a rebel. Mm-hmm. I feel like I was attracted to rebels because I wasn't. I'd be a rebel in school. It was like very like by the book, so it was like refreshing to be around somebody that was like a rebel.
0: What's his oh, name? Yeah, what was his name? Yeah, Connor. Connor, shout out to. He Connor. actually oh.
1: he just got married in twenty nineteen.
0: We'll on uh, New on years,
1: on year's
0: You really know somebody a lot
1: about a, Somebody sent me a photo and I'm like, oh my God, social media. We used to just it? know our four walls and now we like know what like our ex's neighbor's dog is doing. And it's like people send you stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't like zero feelings like what I saw, it. but I was like, Do you ever like get sent something you don't know how to react? Like I remember like my my last relationship, which was like three years ago before I moved over. Um I think he had started to see somebody and like our town's quite small. And like, well, it's small-ish. Like, you know everyone, but then you don't too. But like, somebody saw him out on a date and like, they like told me. And I was like, I don't know how to react right now. But then like, I realized like, these are the kind of people you don't need in your life when you've gone through a breakup because right. it's like they wanna give you the bad news and you're like, this is weird. Also, a lot of my friends that I spoke with that I grew up with have only ever had that one boyfriend. So when I went through a breakup, it was like, I was speaking Spanish. They were like, what, like, you're gonna be okay. And I was like, no, like, I'm really not okay. But they didn't know how to actually even be there because it was like, oh my God.
0: Is but, it because um, of the, the strictness of not growing up in that sheltered environment where they didn't know how to take breakups? Do you think that was it?
1: I feel like a lot of people just stay comfortable. They're just like, I know this person, my whole, I, I don't know, I'm like, I feel like everyone should have to go and like travel for a year. That should be like compulsory, like is it, where is it, is it in Israel, they make everyone do the army or like they make everyone?
0: Everyone, yeah, they, everyone has to serve in the military.
1: Like a year, I don't know, a year of like, go and like explore yourself or like, I am such a different person than I was.
0: Okay, in so my would, life. would you say that Ireland is really just a small country, it's a small town, a small, do you say they're kind of small-minded? Small
1: town kind of syndrome, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, it's kind of like everyone does elementary, Everyone does high school, into college, get a job, settle down. Like, And I, my job here was like permanent. So when I took a career break and I was like, I'm moving to New York City, people thought it was crazy. They're like, would you not just like build a house? And I'm like, no, like, let's I want to go up. on an adventure. Let's, let's
0: back up before we get to New York City. So now we're like, we're so Connor, how do you guys and What's it like dating with your brothers being around?
1: They don't care. My brothers are not... My brothers are not the protective type at all. At they're, all. Just they're, not, they're just not affectionate. Girl. I feel like they're not affectionate because-
0: When's the last time you hugged your brother?
1: I could not tell you. That's really bad. That's really sad. We're not like hands-on like that. Even like, but if you said when was the last time? Well, no. I hugged mom and dad a good lot when I came home because like my dad lost his godson mm-hmm. and my mom lost her father. But no, we're not. The person I hug consistently is my grandmother. Like you don't get in the house until you hug her and you don't leave until you give her a goodbye hug. So even COVID was weird. I was like, oh, I can't like hug her. But I feel like they're not affectionate because my dad wasn't affectionate. And then people would say to me, oh, like, would you like, do you like PDA? And I'm like, oh no. But then I'm like, oh, is that like my inner child? I don't know. Why do I not want, why do you not want to do PDA or why do you not want someone to like touch you or whatever? I don't really like it in like public, but like in privacy, yeah. Like you don't mind for someone to like, Embrace you or whatever But
0: No yeah, my brothers are not protective dad, hold like that hands before? Have you ever seen them Hold hands in public Your parents
1: No They're like I don't People just get married And they just I don't know They exist as, as parents And not as That's like crazy to, I don't know Makes me like A little bit sad Irish people We're like Such a lovable people But we're not hands on We're really not That would be unusual To see You would see people Holding hands They go God They're like they're all over each other or whatever. And I'm like, but like they're happy, so let them be all over each other.
0: Irish heart, two hands holding each other anyways. Isn't that where people wear? Like if you're married, the hand Oh, the
1: clattering. Are... The clattering is from Galway, yes. She got one for your lady. You um you put That's you what, point uh, the heart in if you're like taken if you're not available. Yes. If you're taken.
0: If you're taken. So we get, we get through there. We're, we we finally, so what's it like when you graduate high school, you graduate high school. Did you have a prom? Did you go to prom? Do they have proms in Ireland? We had a
1: prom. Yeah. So my prom would have been 20, ooh, 2009. We had a prom. That was, that was a lot of fun. That summer was like, that summer was great for me because I made the Irish basketball team and we were like, it was crazy because it was like mid recession. So mm-hmm. there was no like Europeans. There was no, they pulled all these competitions. So we actually just went out to Connecticut for two weeks. So like my, you'd like do your final exams, which get you into college, but you don't get those results until August. And then at the, at the start of August, you get your results to tell you like, what college, like, did you get into your college? It's like a whole point system. Um, those exams actually didn't take place this year with COVID, which was the first time like ever. Um, so like, it was like that whole summer was like two week blocks. It was like two weeks, um, doing my exams, my final, like ever exams in high school, Then it was like two weeks of training and then we went to Connecticut, came back, got my results, got like into teaching college and then like two weeks after like went to prom. So I took David, one of my like best friends and we had such a good time because I mean like it was, it was tempting. Like I was, me and Connor were like still in touch and stuff, but I just didn't trust him. I was like, he could like mess up my whole night and I was like, I'm not doing that. Like some girls were in tears that night, but we had so much fun.
0: Tears at prom instead, or just
1: tears at prom because I don't know. I guess they like the guy and he went off with somebody. There was a lot of swapping partners at prom. I feel like in America, it's really like this is the guy I'm with for the night. Like, Is it always intimate, or you can like bring a friend?
0: Uh, yeah, I went to prom in the Netherlands, so it was completely different. Oh, wow. Uh, the first girl I brought to prom, she was older than me, I think she was like 20, and I was like 17. Maybe oh, she was my 21. god, she's 21. She was like she was from Morocco, and I convinced her to go to prom. I said, like, "Yeah, all Americans come to prom. Wear a nice dress. That's what we do, and we'll
1: just." Keep <laughs> just I know. She was like the
0: oldest, 17-year-old you. <laughs> he was like, "God, dad, not have a beard." Yeah, we had a good time. We had a fun. Everything else, but culturally, she didn't know what was going on. But I was like, "No, this is what Americans do. Just yeah. Wear a dress and let's do it." Oh, wait, so your school in the Netherlands was an American high school? It was international school.
1: Nice.
0: You know, it was people from all over. So people from Germany, people from. Africa's people from all over, so we're like, all... How
1: was the international school then? Like, were you the only black guy there, or Like, or was there a bunch of people?
0: My brother was there. We had a lot of black, probably 30, probably like eight black people, eight eight or ten black people. But the place when I lived in Tokyo, there's a lot of black people there, so it was like, oh. even though it was like a black Americans, there were other like black Germans, there were other like right people in the Netherlands, there's like black people around, you know. Uh, we uh, yeah, so it's just like when I left. When I left from North Carolina to Japan, that's when I was just like more, I felt more people like me because there's all military people. So we're all from around the world. So everybody understood what we went through. Everyone knows what it's like to be the new kid. So no one was effing with you for being the new kid. Nobody with everything else. So we're all just very easy to fit in, easy to make friends, easy to do that. So going back
1: to America then after, it was probably really hard, no?
0: Yeah, when I went back to this, is a, I was culturally shocked a little bit. You know, oh women are God. completely different because in a lot of girls in Europe don't like men paying for them to do anything. They pay for themselves, you know. You get the right. going Dutch. You pay your way, I pay my way going Dutch. So when I got to North Carolina again, I was like, these chicks are just so freaking stuck up. They want you to pay for everything. Like, what? <laughs> how are you inviting me to the movies and you're not going to pay for the movie? And oh, my like, God. Oh, I'm a Southern belle. I was like, okay, all right, whoa, you know. So it was just like me immersed with so many cultures. So prom was like a big thing. Everyone dressed up for prom. We had Canadian kids. Everyone came to prom. And my second prom I took, I think I took my mom's friend, my mom's daughter's friend to go. But I was sitting there wondering, I was like, maybe if I didn't bring anybody there, there were some girls that didn't have any dates. I think my senior prom, I was going to have two dates to prom. And then my mom said something to my dad and I had to stop. She like said something to the table. One on each side. there were two friends. Just they were. I was like, oh no, I just take both of you guys. they like, yeah, let's all go to prom together. And I was like, let's do it. So I think I was at the dinner table. My dad said, you got a prom date? Yeah, I got two. And then my mom was like, oh. she's like hit them and stuff like that. And like, you don't need to have, you don't need to have two prom dates. What's going on? I was, like, right,
1: well,
0: was going <laughs> to have two. That's crazy.
1: Four. That's crazy. No, because I I I remember like again all these videos when Kobe died started to come out and like. They, you know, it was just so heartbreaking because he said he really learned the family unit in Italy. But then I'm like, was it because he was the age he was? He was like 11, 12. It was like high school. Um, no, not even high school. No, before he was high school. He's
0: there like middle school. You got to think about it. Europeans, they, yeah. really, they really cherish family. You know, like in the Netherlands, things would close at eight o'clock. You can't go to like McDonald's at like two o'clock in the morning because my right. time, it might close. It's like family time. So people like Friday. This is th-
1: what I'm like coming back, like being here now and not New York. I'm like, oh yeah, things close. <laughs> and people are like, of course things close. Like there's an Italian family that I know really well. And like, they're actually not even going to open their restaurant full time, but they're the kind of family where they could just be shut for a week because they're gone to Disneyland or like shut for Christmas because it's Christmas. I'm like, that's just it. But like, again, you don't know. Like, I wonder the convenience of New York, like what mental health effect. I'm like, what family, like, gets affected by that because it's like dad's never home because dad's trying to pay the bills because I mean think we see it in like, school all the time about it like
0: now where families are forced to be with each other and some people can't handle it all that all whole time, it. time are just like they didn't know anything about their kids they're learning about their kids for the first time they're learning about their wife for the first time you know I know there's people
1: there's families walking down the road and I'm like he has a wife and two kids okay like literally I'm like who is that? Like, I was like, mom, who is that? <laughs> who is he? And mom's like, people are saying that about you too. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, but like, it's crazy. Cause like, I would always go for walks at mom and dad and the dog, we would always do that. What but is, you're so right. There's families that are
0: probably finding it really tough. Well, when do you transition from football, Gaelic football to basketball? When does that happen? What age does that happen?
1: Oh, I had a great, um in high school, I had a great um coach. I actually watched Space Jam at the age of 10 and wanted to play basketball like that's literally what happened because again in my family was football 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 and my my brother was supposed to go to um a university I think it was in Arizona not one of the biggest ones but a lot of attention was like on him so I felt like when I like made the Irish team as an as a 17 year old I was like oh like now I get like some attention because I actually like made an international team it wasn't just like my county or like my province like the kind of states together like it was like a bigger kind of a deal but I had a very strong high school coach, and we would have won the All Ireland as freshmen. So we had a really, really good coach. So that kind of basketball took over for a few years, between like 14 and 17 probably. And so then when I went into college, so what I is a varsity? Basketball.
0: What is varsity for like for a freshman? So when you start playing basketball, is there, it
1: mm, there isn't really like so we have the five different years. So your first first year basketball, second year basketball, third year basketball. And then it becomes varsity fifth and sixth year because fourth year is like optional. It's like transition year, they call it. Like mm-hmm. you get to go and like explore different jobs. You go and work experience and stuff. So fifth and sixth year then I would have been on the varsity team for two years. But that's when like my knees started to like not be my friends. <laughs> so
0: that's when, that that's was when you got happened. hurt. So what, what, what was it like making it that the international team? What is that like? Are you going? I to- was like, now or when I think back
1: now, I'm like, I think my motivation really was like, let me get noticed because I feel like I was always in tight like shadow because he's 18 months older. He definitely got like, when it came to sports, he was always quicker. He always like ran faster. He like quit football. Like things happen. Like in Ireland, you you support where you're from. It's not like, let me go and be on the Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are amazing. Like you're on the Dallas Cowboys, whether they're bad or good. Now I'm not talking protein. What I'm saying is everyone plays for plays where they're from
0: Amazing. you don't
1: travel two hours to go play an AAU on an aau team that's really good you have to play based on where you're from so with that comes like an enormous amount of pride in your football club but it also comes a lot of like manipulation like oh jared's starting on the on the, on the first 15 because his dad coaches the team or like oh he's only playing because his uncle coaches the team so there's a lot of that happening so like a bunch of stuff happened. My my dad ended up stepping away as coach and my brother like completely stepped away from playing football. So then football was like shunned from like our family. Like don't play it because of like what happened with Ty. But I kind of just felt like that was his story. That's not my story. So basketball was kind of like, I feel like I was really trying to like prove it to, I don't know, I guess like prove, my, not prove my parents wrong, but like get their attention. But I think back now, I'm like, were you really doing it for yourself? I mean, obviously I was like super proud and we got to go play like in Connecticut, which was amazing for like two weeks. But it was just like, I feel like my motivation was like, it was valid, but like, it wasn't the healthiest, if that makes sense. But no, I was like really happy.
0: Do you think you're a competitive person? Yes. Extremely competitive.
1: I sure am. But just in sports, like you'll see me like in school, I'm not going to be like, Oh, I'm going to be the best teacher. Like, no, I'm going to just be me,
0: but I'm going to be my best person. I'm not like you were competing for your family's attention. So what, what about your family? What attention were you think you weren't getting from them? Because you say your family's all cold. Everyone's cold-blooded. Everyone really, you know, they don't really express outwardly love. So what were you expecting? What right, that's, expecting? yeah,
1: I feel like, because I felt like you got praise for sports in my family. I feel like I'm both, on both sides, heavily into sports. So it was like, I guess, getting just verbal praise, because you're right, I, don't, I wasn't looking for, like, someone to put their out. I mean, I make it sound like, they didn't, like, I feel like when I was younger, we probably got hugged more. Or, like, they, like, you know, dad would always hold my hand crossing the road, like, that kind of thing. But that was more of, like, dad's definitely a, pro- a protector and a provider. Like, that would be him. But affectionate, no. like.
0: So, when you make the team, what, is, what, is, what do you get from your family? What do they say? Are they proud? Do you see this? I first... can't
1: even remember.
0: <laughs> and that's what you I don't want know. I see, guess right? ver-
1: yeah. verbal praise, maybe.
0: What do they say? Good job, or?
1: I don't even, like, obviously it wasn't
0: that right. amazing. It was I don't a, yeah, it's supposed to be a big deal, and now you don't even remember what it, what it, what they said to you.
1: Oh, no. I literally don't even remember how we found out. I'm like, how did I find out? They got, like, a letter in the post, like, in the mail. Like, so different. Like, now they probably just email you with, like, a list. I, I really not. don't remember. That's really sad. I really, really don't. I remember we were sprinting up and down. We were training in the National Basketball Arena, which is in Dublin. It's, like, our only, like, Big time arena, really, in the whole of Ireland. Which is kind of sad. I'm like sprinting for ages. It was like, oh my god! A couple of weeks before he went to go play, and my coach called me out to shoot free throws. And my coach was actually American, but he um, he was really anti-parents. Like parents should not be in the training gym. Like why are they here? That's not their job. They raised you. They're not your coach. And I agreed. But my dad drove up to Dublin that particular day, and he was kind of bored, like just walking around. So he's walking around the gym, and I'm like, "Oh, he's gonna say something." He's gonna be like, "Get out!" But I was like, "But like at the same time, I put like, Tara like, your dad's actually up watching your games. Like, mm-hmm. dad would kind of go and watch my brother play golf, but he wouldn't come see me play football because that whole thing had happened in our football club with that coach and my brother and everything. So it was like an emotional scar for him. But then it was almost like I was I just to have to like hide my football boots. Mm -hmm. So my parents didn't know that I was going because I wasn't allowed to go play football because like how dare I when that football club did whatever. It wasn't. It was one person who did it and it was like everyone was shunned as a result. But I think it's when, when parents don't deal with their own emotional scars, it can really get put on to the child. And I feel like because I was like an emotional sponge, I took, I don't know, I feel like it affected me more than it affected my brothers. I think my brothers even noticed what was happening whereas I was, like, vying for their attention. But as you said, like, what attention was I even looking for? It's so hard to
0: know. I mean, I think for me, I guess maybe I had too much support. I remember when I played basketball, just hearing my dad, he was my coach, and then just mm-hmm. hearing him yell all the time about it, right. and it just, like, kind of turned me off about basketball. But, like, now as I get older, I realize that he was just very supportive, you know? Like, when he supported my football, like, I remember he, like, yanked me off a of basketball court, and I couldn't ride the bus. And for that time, I was so mad at him after that. I didn't want him to come to any trips at all. You know? So like any away games for football, like now I realize like, Oh man, I got all this footage. Cause my dad recorded it. Like my dad actually came and did that. So I know when I like have a kid, I realize like I have to find out what type of person he is. You know, what type of person my son is because, yeah, he was mad supportive. I remember my wrestling match; he was there. He recorded a lot of stuff, and now but that I'm,
1: wasn't what you wanted. You didn't want the shouting. You loved the footage and stuff, but maybe you didn't want that raw on the sideline. With
0: basketball, basketball, I didn't want it because it was just like it was. Basketball was his thing, you know. But with uh-huh. wrestling, he didn't say anything because that was my thing. He didn't know anything about wrestling, so when he cheered, it was just cheering. That's how basketball
1: fight. was for me. Dad was like my football coach, but he wasn't my basketball coach.
0: Yeah, but then he wasn't
1: even my football coach for that long. I used to go my dad would train like 15 and 16 year old boys and I was only like nine and I would like come and like watch and sometimes I'd have to like fill in and stuff so but you're right it's actually refreshing when they're there for support but they don't really know anything about it but for me it was like why do you guys not come to my basketball games because you don't come to the football because you told me why that was you told me like it's because of everything that happened but yeah I was gonna really see you guys at my anyway basketball games and nothing happened to basketball. So they got, like, yeah, I think basketball I is just that. so,
0: it's so, you could see, you could hear everything so vividly. Like in football, American football, my dad's way in the stands. So I really couldn't hear anything. And you I guess I was kind of ashamed because like who I was as a person wasn't who I was in the house. So When I am around the football, we talk about girls, we talk about all this other stuff. And I didn't ever want to, you know, you wanted to shield that part away from yourself. But now I realize like, man, those are like times that I spent with my dad that I actually like, now I'm like, oh, freak. You know, he was there, you know? Like when I look at old video footage, it's like, oh, man, my dad had tapes of us, us playing football, you know? Yeah. So we get to, we, we finish basketball career. So what happens when you graduate? You get your results back, and do you say, I'm going to college? What do we do? So
1: you, what happens is here is you get, like, your A, B, like, you're given, a like, a grade sheet, and, like, each subject has a corresponding grade. Okay. That grade corresponds to, like, points. And then your point system equates to like what course you're doing in college. So you have to wait like a week and the college like offers you your place. It's not like there where you kind of know all year kind of where you intend to go. So that was like a big deal. I did like really well with that. I had like, I did, I had a very, very strong, like, Um, I got like 515 points like out of 600, which would be quite high. For someone that like played a lot of sports and like, I wasn't like study, study, study. So that was like, like, that was a big deal. It was like, oh Tara's so clever and like whatever but like I was just good at like remembering things and they were like memory tests or whatever but um college then is three years college is only three years and like you're a full-on fully qualified teacher after three years so I was fully qualified at 20 years old teaching
0: children so, so so wow that's that's your college how long does college last in Ireland two years or it was
1: three years at that time to be a teacher. Now it's four because people were coming out qualified. There was like no job. So they made it a fourth year. And um, three of those, my, I spent first year, I would commute to Dublin from here. So I take the bus, I'd ride the bus up and down for like a year. Second year, I did one semester um, here in Ireland, commuting up and down. Second semester, I went to Ole Miss for the second semester.
0: You went to Ole Miss in Mississippi? Yes. What prompts? Sure. What What happens when you're like, I want to go to America. What What comes up and goes? I want to go to Ole Miss. How does that so, happen? How does that well, happen? Where you going? To I was Miss,
1: always. I feel like because I was always into basketball, America was always. I'm like going to Connecticut in in '09. Like it was always like it was always definitely like I wanted to go to America at some point. Mm-hmm. So when I said I wanted to go to America, it was like, okay, how does this work? Like you know, fees, like money, like how does that work? So basically uh, all your fees are waived but then obviously you do need to pay for flights and you have to pay for accommodation so I had like uh, four different options of college there's only like certain options so the only D1 college that was on the list was like Ole Miss. so I was like well I want to like if I go to America like I want the actual like full-on college experience like I wanted like I wanted to be able to go even though it wasn't football season I wanted to be able to go to the basketball games. Like, I wanted to see what a frat house looked like. There was a bunch of things that I wanted that I wouldn't have got, at, like Chico College, California, or like, where was the other one? Somewhere in Northern Colorado, I think. So Ole Miss got chosen kind you of by default. you by
0: the Irish grade system or you're going by American, or by the college grade system?
1: To actually get in, or like when I'm over there?
0: When you're over there, when you start, when, you, when you're going to college at Ole Miss.
1: So basically what happened is first semester of second year, I had to make up a bunch of classes. So I was like nine to six every day, like really intense through my lunch break, making up stuff that I was going to miss when I was away, which was kind of misleading. Because the whole point is that your course continues as best it can over there. Like I should have been able to teach the Mississippi kids, but my college did not have it. I was the first Irish person from that college to go to Ole miss. So I didn't even have anyone to go to to be like, hey, like what course in OMIS like equates to this course? Mm-hmm. So I had some really, really nice lecturers um, lectures in college that were like, hey, professors, they were like, you know what, like just take two, choose two psychology courses and like we're good. Or like choose two of that and like it's good. And then I had others that were like, Oh, there actually is no equivalent, so you'll have to do this. So it was a lot of prep. And then like when I was over there, I took like four classes, like it was so easy compared to my nine to six here Monday through Thursday. And then it was like nine to one thirty on a Friday. Like I had a lot of classes here. So when I got over there, I was like straight chilling. It was like no teaching practice, no student teaching. It was like very relaxed.
0: So walk us through the first person you meet at Ole Miss. Do you have like a group of friends Ooh. that you meet? Did you stay on a dorm, campus? I was, barber? oh, so
1: I actually found, I actually was like, when I think back now, I'm like, I was 19 when I planned all this. And I was like, kind of was before my years. Cause I like, went on a Facebook um, group, uh, a Facebook group, I guess it was Facebook groups back then, I don't know, I'm sure it looked very different. And I like asked them, I was like, where do you reckon I should stay? And they were like, don't stay in the dorms because they're all freshmen and they're mad strict, like kind of parties, like nothing. So I was like, okay, cool, I'm not staying on, I'm not staying on campus. So I found this place called Campus Walk that was like off campus. And I thought it was cool, I shared, but like, uh, three other girls it was totally fine like very like like really like college experience which I hadn't had yet because I was at home for the first year and a half so all of my friends were international It was kind of like you at the international school like friend from South Africa a guy from Australia a uh, girl from France two girls from Northern Ireland actually which was very very funny because they would kind of group us together and I was like no we're so different like we even sound different, but I got on so well with them. Like, we had such a good time. Like, I'm still in touch with, like, a lot of them, like, even now. And, like, that was that was 2011.
0: How I think, long but did you stay in? Just
1: the- one semester. One That's semester. It? So January through to May.
0: So what in that one semester, what was that like? What was it? Was it a culture shock? It shop? was just. That's the Deep South. First of all, Deep South. I'm,
1: not, I'm 19 years old. So first of all, first and foremost, going out on, like, Mississippi like which is like those little barnyard little like bars like I the first night I went out with all my friends who were like 23 24 they were all doing masters they were all doing like grad programs they had no idea of my age until like we went out and they were like oh you can't come in like you're 19. I was like "Dad!" like I was like so drunk I wasn't even thinking of this so basically what I did was my mom sent me out her driver's license <laughs> me and mom me and mom are born on the same day 24th of july she's 59 i'm i'm 91 so i changed a five to an eight so now i'm the 24th of july 89 i put my picture in the driving license this is like a driving license that like folds out it's like paper like the mississippians are like what is this and they let me in like i remember violent, being outside why. a bar you were like well look, we're outside of the bar and Kanye West was playing the first time I went out of Mississippi, and um, it got to the part where what it was Monster Kanye West
0: vers a yeah, Monster it was like yes,
1: I'm living I'm living in the present. So what is that I'm living in? The, I don't know.
0: I'm living my best life.
1: No, uh, my present my presence is a. Oh, present. my present is
0: my past and the future. No. Yeah, yeah.
1: But yeah, that was it. Was exactly that line. So I I got the last line. I'm just like rapping away, and he was like you can go in it's <laughs> <was> like okay <laughs> so funny that that memory is so vivid to me that's so funny I remember that so well but um it was it was like oh my god it's a it stock,
0: right because in America it's like you got to drink at 21 but you can go to war at 18 you know
1: right, right right right. and obviously which means like we're drinking from like 70 in here it's not really 18 but like um I didn't really like experience like old school Mississippi because I was on campus like with people who are reading books and they're educated. So people were like, "Oh my god, Mississippi." And that also I'm white. So no, Mississippi wasn't was mostly positive for me. But I was there was one night one of our friends came over CJ Dreads and everything like to hang out at the at the at the house. And I ended up sharing an apartment with two lesbians and a really really catholic girl so like like i would like have people back at the house so like this was against she was very very like heavily catholic like very strict kind of um again we're on a bible belt too uh the lesbians when they realized i wasn't a lesbian like weren't really my friends anymore so they would like they were nasty they were probably the hardest well one in particular but she called the police one night and I'm like, we're on the balcony. We're not even being that loud. But maybe it's loud if you're trying to sleep or whatever. And we're drinking or whatever. But like, that was crazy because how they spoke to my black friend, they went straight for him. It was like, who, whose is the apartment? I was like, mine. But like, keep in mind, like, we're drinking. I'm not 21. Like, this could go so, so wrong. Yeah. It didn't matter. They like went straight for CJ. He had to leave. My other two friends they didn't really matter whether they were staying or leaving or gone. That was my first experience of like, oh, wow. Like, they really treat the black people different here. Like, I was like, oh, my God. Like, so I was there caught up on my own. Like, oh, I'm not 21. Like, you know, no. Like, it was CJ. Like, what? I don't know. Like, crazy. When I think back now, like, I had no idea of how wrong that could have went. They just, like, escorted him out. He was a little bit older, too. But, like, I was just like, that's crazy. Like, you just kind of went straight for him. Like, it even... Asked me for my ID because my ID is <laughs> my ID does not say that I'm 21. So that was crazy. But that was probably the only time it was like uncomfortable, I guess. And that was for my friend. That wasn't even to do with me. Right. But yeah. That
0: was so, crazy. So so we leave Mississippi. Where do we go after that?
1: Uh back to college, my final year. And that's where like then I became qualified the next summer. Um and then it was like hunting for jobs like we came out in 2012 qualified there was like no jobs there really wasn't like there wasn't even like subbing like my phone wasn't even like ringing for like subbing and stuff I actually I lie I actually spent the summer 2012 when I got when I graduated so we graduated in you actually graduate in the November you don't graduate like there's exams you have exams in May the results come out in like august and then you graduate officially cap and gown in like november but um i actually went on a, a j1 kind of summer program like i worked in montauk for like the whole summer of 2012 so i actually didn't like want to come home my like visa expired september 30th 2012 and i came home i traveled around california for like october because i was told there was like no job so i was like why am I rushing home to like start my teaching career if there's like no jobs? So when I came home, there was like basically none. And then I ended up moving to London in 2013.
0: Why did so we I moved move over March,
1: 2013 and go, stayed there till July.
0: Did you go there just to get a better experience or why did we go to London? I went
1: there cause there was like guaranteed five days work. So I like worked for an agency. It was like great. I didn't have the lesson plan. I just kind of subbed Monday to Friday. So that was fine. And then, we kind of lived the London life, but we were like, we were Southeast London. We were quite out from like city, city. So I remember like we would go out on nights out and we wouldn't get back to like five in the morning because it, the bus took like two train, hours.
0: Yeah. The train stops.
1: The train stops at midnight. It's yeah. At
0: 12. Yeah. So yeah. Like many times that but you're kind of
1: screwed. It. Like you have to get the bus and then the bus is like, oh, and there was no Uber back then in 2013. Um, yeah.
0: But well, what was the biggest culture shock from going from Ireland to London? What was like the biggest culture shock? Was-
1: my first, it was just the lack of like, we don't really, the kind of everyone for themselves mentality. That's not the Irish mentality at all. Like mm-hmm. I watched a guy get like beat up on a tube station or on a, tube, on a, on a train and no one tried to help him. And I was like, well Tara, maybe you should have helped him. Then I was like, I'm like 21. Like I was like, I don't, what was I going to do? It was a bunch of guys like, I was like, is no one going to like stop this? So I was like, what? Like, this is crazy. Like just kind of like people didn't say, excuse me. It was more just like, social interactions i felt very like this is different
0: and they say that london's completely different when you go outside of london they say outside london is very conservative and everything mm-hmm. else did you ever but go london
1: up- london city is, is very different you probably saw that too like it in the city
0: like three months yeah it's very very different very completely different than how the people interact with people but very and
1: how did they how how did you find how do they like treat like a black man in in
0: london people love americans I noticed that, that people- You always say that, yeah,
1: people people do love Americans, Americans. that's
0: true. Especially black Americans, you know? So when they find out you're American, they kind of like ease up because they want to talk about America, but they were like making American jokes that I didn't get. And I was meeting a lot of stand-up comedians, but I was meeting a lot of African people and like Caribbean people, and we were talking more about like culture-wise. They're saying like, where are you from? And I was like, yeah, I'm from Florida. Where are you from? Like North Carolina, like where are you from? I was like, we don't know. Like, I don't know where I'm from. Even if I get a, a Ancestry.com, like, it still doesn't mean that I'm culturally connected to this place, you know, as in, like, a person who moved from the Congo. You remember everything about the Congo, and your family teaches you the history of the Congo. I was like, I can tell you about the deep woods of North Carolina and the deep woods about Florida and stuff like that. But when I was in London, everyone was kind of just, just mad chill. I was, like my lady said, I was meeting people. I was meeting random people at the grocery store talking to them that's just how I am. As soon as I talk to somebody, I'm like, hey, what's up? Oh, how'd you get this? How'd you get this? Oh, let's talk. You want to do a podcast? And that's how I meet people. (laughs) Every country that I go to, I can meet anybody and just like just strike up a conversation because I'm curious about their culture. You know, like I met this big, giant, big black British dude. And he was like telling me about like the racism in London that they face, how the microaggressions that they deal with. I was like, oh, freak. And he was kind of crazy. Him telling me, he was like, "We wish we were like Black Americans, because you guys all unite because you guys are just all black." He goes, "Here we're this. I'm from this country. I'm from this country." Yeah, they,
1: they don't really unite together as such.
0: You unite, you unite, you you unite from like what country you're from, and that's like the British colloquialism, just trying to separate everybody. Because like when they had that big British thing of like, "Oh, World War One, World War Two happened, so everyone come to England and build up the country, and we'll give you a house, and we'll give you land, and we'll give you." citizenship and then when they got there they're placing project houses and they're doing everything else and sometimes they got to return back. So a lot of the a lot of the things that happen is like the British are really just they just make everything up. Mm-hmm. You know some and they Caribbean, come over and some they take American, over some and some they... Caribbean countries still have the Queen on their money. Like for what? Oh my God, that's crazy. And they've named they name their countries. You know what I mean? Some African countries are named, some British person named that country. So what do they know? Wow. So it was just like, there's like undercover, like colloquiums of, of like Nigerians and Jamaicans, how they don't get along. And it was just like, when I was over there, they just like, we just were raised like Nigerians. What did they say? Nigerians will have a, uh, a secret family and a Caribbean person have a secret wife. And they're like, we'll give one job people opportunities. And they would just put Jamaicans and Nigerians because those are the big, largest groups. And they never wanted these type of black people to form together. do it or they have indian people like gandhi said that like at least i'm not black
1: right they've taken down gandhi like statues i saw that and i was like wow
0: he was saying some stuff like that because you know that was just the british racism that he grew up on yeah like i'm not this i'm this but i'm not black but i'm not white it was like it was all that british stuff of just separating colors so none of the colors can unite that's so interesting
1: and in um when I, when I was in London in 2013, I was uh, subbing at a school and I had been kind of booked for three days. Like, you know, like someone's gone off, I don't know, someone's getting married or whatever. Um, and I walked in, they're like, oh my God, you're like the fourth teacher we've had this week. And I was like, this is gonna be a long day. So I'm like chatting away and like two o'clock comes and this like a uh, teacher assistant or like a uh, paraprofessional or something. I don't even know who she was. Like you're brand new to the school. You don't know, people are like walking in. Shit, so I'm just letting you know, uh, if anyone needs to go to the bathroom, Uh, they need to be accompanied by an adult and I was like what okay like it's two o'clock and I'm here since nine that's weird so I keep teaching or whatever and then I bring the kids out like walk them out to the yard where like they get dismissed that's normally how they do it over there and um they're like someone got stabbed someone got stabbed and I'm like wait what like (laughs) this is a lot (laughs) so again I'm like in my own bubble like wait what's going on and it turns out what had happened so I was in southeast London that day I was uh teaching in Woolwich and that was the day where a guy was walking back from the army barracks wearing a hope for heroes shirt and he was like ran over in a car by these two like extreme muslim guys um, and was like beheaded like that had happened like down the road from from the school and i was like wow so it's all over like sky news it's like everywhere like this like it was very like vivid like what, what happened was a little bit crazy it was actually a bus was driving by and this girl was like what the like this is like that looks like this guy like chopped off his head like so she like ran off the bus and like stopped this guy there's like a famous picture of her with like her hand out being like you need to stop or like you know this guy was like clearly like on drugs or something like not of sane mind they say like when someone's doing something crazy like that i don't know mom always says to me "If you see someone stand on a bridge about to jump off like what do you say you need to say something like marshmallow or like something to like get them out of their like mo because they're not like they're not thinking or whatever but It was a guy who was in an army, his name is Lee Rigby. But it was like, it was crazy because the two guys so happened to be black and he was white and then he was in the army and it was like, they were Muslim, he was Catholic. So it was like, well, that's what London were doing. They were like categorizing like what had happened. Whereas I was like, I don't care. It's like a human being and this is crazy. Like, I don't care if he was in the army. I don't care if he's yellow, if he's green. And then the school opened the next day and I was like, whoa, like this is like, this is not very Irish. That's what I'd say I'd be like, you
0: know. When you're from a country that's done a lot of slave trading or colonization, you're going to have the people that you colonize in your country, right? And you can tell exactly. the countries that have, have these issues because, uh, like, in, like, would you say, like, inside, inside London, they're very, like, Muslim-phobic. You know, it's like for them to be so everything about Muslims, half your country is Muslim. Everywhere yeah. I was in London I saw nothing but Muslim people. It was like, how could you say anything you negative? See the, burkas. About
1: the burkas are like right, everywhere.
0: But do you to think about even in our country, we kinda do the, do it like that. After nine eleven, all of a sudden that mm. we start call, we associate terrorism with people that are Muslim. I'm like, how is that okay? Right. My friend we dates boobie, a guy from, from Malaysia from women, and he's right. Yeah.
1: He's profiled every time he walks to the airport. Because Pravin, like looks like he has that kind of even though he's not, they're like, I think they practice Hindu, but they are, he's racially profiled all the time going through. If he goes through America, he's like, oh, he said that to me. He said, I don't, I don't F with America. <laughs> Cause he's like, it's just too much going through the airports. And like, it's awful. If it's, as I said, if it's like, I used to always say to my dad, we go and watch our favorite football team play. And again, it's where you're from. It's a big pride thing. We would lose. And I'd be like, I'm putting my jacket on. But I'm like, if you don't like my skin, like, what do you want me to do? Like, do what I? do I do? If you don't like me because of my skin, like, well, then we can't that's just, I'm, I'm going to keep it moving. Like, cause what do I actually do?
0: Cause it's like that. Some, some covered up. there's Arabic. There's my friends who are like they're Arabic and they're like marching for black lives matter. And they're like, there's, there's racism inside the Muslim community with like darker with black Muslims and stuff like right. that. You know there's like different Africans where they have like in Egypt, they have like these big lip, big lip old tar babies that they use to represent black people. So it's just like, it's a phobia. It's just like, well, I don't like these group of people, but then again, I'm not black and everything else. So like, I think big countries have this problem where they're just like, when everyone's not like a certain way, they find a classism or find a class to divide people in. France, same thing. I think there was a video of this guy from France. He climbs up a wall and saves a baby. And then next, you know, everyone's like, Oh my God, this guy's a hero. And then they gave him a citizenship. I was like, that's all it took for him to climb up to a fiery building to give him a citizenship. Or, like, when France won the World Cup and all these Africans were just, like, cheering. And they're like, why are these Africans cheering? It's like, because they're all from Africa. Half the team are, like, like the – Patrice Averitt,
1: yeah. That's a, that, this is why – with England, it's really funny because their best players are black guys. I'm like, they are, like, stronger. They run faster. They kick the ball harder. So, like, you're cheering for them. It's like well, the day my brother was, like, mimicking the African accent. And then I'm like, oh, but now you got Tiger Woods on the, on the TV. So – I was like, he's black, like, do you get, I was like, do you not get how this all correlates? You can't diminish one person and then build up the, like just because of, because of sport, like.
0: Well, I think that sometimes we, as people are infatuated with accents. I think that's a, a world thing. Like we always are making mm-hmm. fun of accents. And when I got to New York, that's when I realized, I was like, okay, I'll never do an Indian accent. Cause my friends offended when it happens. Like when some right. comments do the Indian accent, like my this older comic, we're on the road, and she keeps telling me about this joke about India, and I keep telling her, I was like, I don't like it. And she's like, I don't get it. It's a great accent. I was like, You're not Indian. Let Indian comics do that. When they make fun of their family, let them have the accent. And she goes, There's some really funny Indian comics about uh, like British. Right. British Indian, they're really funny. And they can do the accent really well. I'm like, let them have it. That's a part of their repertoire. Like right. I have a comic who does and she was like adamant about like how funny it was. And I was like, I was like, "What you were thinking was funny." I was all sitting with that table. They were making fun of you, make fun of the Indian accent. Yeah, like I forgot it was. Coming. Well, you're
1: right. It took for you to have an Indian friend to realize, "Oh, I'm not." Or Indian send, like, comedian,
0: or Indian comedian to be like that. You know what I mean? Like it's just like we're making fun of a stereotype of Indian people. But my friend, he does every time he gets on stage. But he's Indian, so he can do an Indian impression. It's mother.
1: funny too. It's funny to like laugh at yourselves. Like Irish comedians get up; they're going to talk about being Catholic. And um, they are going to talk about like a teacher or something they had that was like strict. They're going to mention dr- like drinking and driving. Like they're going to make fun of the Irish culture. But if it was a British person getting up, you'd be like, Oh, I don't want you to make fun of us right now.
0: Cause people it makes love, you feel different. People love accents. They love Russian accents. They love all this other stuff. But sometimes it was just like, I said, I'll leave the Indian accents to the Indian comedians. It's their culture. Go ahead. But everyone has a, a white girl accent. They have a black person accent and everything else. Like you okay, can get so up and
1: you can do that. You can do the site. You can like make I can fun can
0: do. I can do so many accents. I do a Spanish accent, but I feel like that's, I could do that. Cause my ladies, they're Spanish. So I could, I could do that accent and stuff, but everyone has this thing where we love accents. Like if a white dude does a Caribbean accent, everyone goes crazy cause he knows how to talk like a Jamaican person. Yeah. It's just a factuation. It's just something that we have that we do. Okay. We get to, we get to, we're in London. When do we leave London? Why do we leave London?
1: I, li- I left London in July 2013 just because the school year was out and also a lot of the girls that I shared the so the agency that I was working with kind of housed you like they like put you in a honestly I, when I look back now we kind of were in like the project. like it did never feel overly right. safe it was like I don't there was always like sirens there was always it's weird because obviously I lived in Harlem and yes there's sirens but I never felt unsafe right whereas here I mean I was younger too I was only like 21 So I left in July, 2013 and then I kind of just stayed. I stayed in Ireland from the September, like right through to 2018. I stayed for a good five years. It's crazy.
0: What what was it like teaching in in Ireland? was that, did you, did you learn more about yourself or learn? Well, I had, I had
1: boys in my class. So I had a mixed classroom when I hadn't grown up in a mixed classroom. So that was a lot for me. I was like, oh, or like, are the boys going to be hard? Like, I didn't know how the boys were going to act. I really had never seen boys in a primary school classroom,
0: had elementary it, classroom,
1: because I had never experienced it. So it was, like, daunting at first, and then I realized that, like, I actually preferred it because, as you know, they kind of cancel each other out in the classroom. It's yes. kind of nice. You can put, like, you know, the, the kind of energetic little boy can go beside the kind of quieter girl. and Let's just see. I think it's always nice to move the kids around just to see how the dynamic changes. I mean, I know everything should be like, you know, put him there, and like he you know, she'll put manners on him. Like that's not how it's supposed to be, but we do it's not it
0: sometimes. Awkward, they get around girls too. How they like, especially when they're older, they're awkward. They're, I don't want to sit over there. All right. Okay. Yeah, right,
1: right, right, right. We, yeah, we we did that a lot this, this year. Me and my co-teacher, we would be like, oh, like I remember the two boys would come in and like do the Hebrew class from Israel. And we'd be like, oh, we like mess with the girls, and they would like laugh, even if they didn't like them. Like it was kind of like jokes on you, kind of thing. So they actually behave then. But um, yeah, five years teaching here, and then basically Are you, do you, you start earn,
0: dating in London. Do you start dating in Ireland? Like you're 24. You're like 24. Oh
1: yes, like, there was yeah, there
0: was. <laughs> you and like, guy just, just speak the whole time so like, over you're, yeah, you're, over there. you're like
1: rewind. dating as an
0: adult. <laughs> dating as an adult. When did
1: I? That was like my that's like my first and my like last my most recent. Like long term. So I was like 20, 2015, July 2015. So five years ago. So I was, yeah, 24. Like what did you say, 24? From 24 to like 26, I was dating. I sure was.
0: What's this guy? Like, what's his name?
1: His name's Stephen.
0: where did you meet Steven? Steven's at the, he works at the school or he works at, no, the not through school. I what was in,
1: thing? I was in a bunch. So when I like, I obviously had, right and left ACL surgery. So I really had to, I really had to like fall in love with the gym big time because a lot of rehab was like done. So I was like, I would like rotate a lot of my gyms. I would like, what we would call a gym slot. I would like move around to like different gyms until I found like a cool vibe. And like, I've always played team sports. So I would like rotate gyms. So I was at one and then a girl I went to high school with opened one with like her boyfriend and this other guy. So her boyfriend, and Stephen are like in business. And we ended up trying out their gym. And we kind of just got talking. I don't know what it was. I was trying to like book a class or something. And he like wrote back. It was really funny at the time. Because I thought it was Ben. I thought it was my friend's uh, boyfriend. I was like, why is he sending a wink face? Classic Irish guys. They don't ask you out in person. They ask you out over text. Um, so yeah, we went out for almost two years um 20 yeah, it was like 24 to 20 26
0: ish how did your parents react to that were they like oh, oh maybe this might be the one to marry they right? never
1: they never ver- this is what's really tricky like even when we broke up they never really verbalized like did you actually like him did you think he was for me like i don't i feel like you liked him because like he was like good he would like drive me to places we like go on like really cool dates you're always like away doing stuff and all but it it's I don't know, it's a scary thing for me that you almost settle for, like, the wrong person. Like, honestly, it, like, it taught me a lot. It taught me, like, how many people... And again, you don't need to focus on other people, but I was, like, it just made me wonder about all the other relationships I had seen. Like, are you guys really for each other, or did you, like, did one of you just get... I don't know. Why did you guys break up? What
0: happened?
1: I don't...
0: (sighs) Grew apart?
1: I don't know. I feel like we... I guess we were growing but growing differently I feel like he like owned his own business he was very much so stuck and set on like staying here and I think he kind of always knew that I had like itchy feet like I wanted to go my best friend at the same time was like traveling like pretty much the world so I would always kind of like I don't know I feel like he kind of felt like he was holding me back in a way which maybe he was but I think that's a cop out too to say oh my boyfriend's holding me back," I feel like you hold yourself back like you could just save the person I'm going to go and like maybe in a few years we can like bring it back or whatever but we kind of just I kind of tore my ACL my outlet was sport so I tore my actually sorry I injured my knee in the in in the middle of the relationship and that like made it really, really hard because that was like my outlet I was like not in a good place like obviously like you've like all your sport I had done my ACL before, so it was my other ACL. So I was like feeling sorry for myself. And so when I feel like he didn't know, he really didn't know how to be there for me. Like he didn't, when I would get like really down, it was like, he would just leave me in that place. Like he wouldn't try and like help me out of it.
0: Would you say he gave you an Irish goodbye?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was waiting for a joke. Oh my god, he did give me Irish goodbye.
0: I don't even know uh, what an Irish goodbye is, but I hear it all the time. What is an Irish? An goodbye?
1: Irish goodbye is like Tara vanishes and Tara's gone home.
0: Oh, or like then, we're yeah, like, Irish, I'm gonna go oh. get
1: I'm gonna go get money out of the ATM and like you don't come back.
0: Oh then I've done an Irish, so goodbye Irish
1: goodbye is like you don't have the balls to just say, Hey Jared, I'm done. I'm I'm out.
0: See Irish goodbye is ghosting.
1: And I kinda like ghosting. Well, but like ghosting in like a more modern sense and that. You are physically standing there, and you're like, "Peace out, I'm leaving."
0: That's well, like we don't just, we don't just don't, say
1: we're going. We just, you just end
0: leave. it. You just leave.
1: Just, just gone. Goes. I was in Spain. I tore my ACL in the September of 2016, and I was away with my like best friend Neve in Spain, and I'm like texting, and he's like, "I think we need to break up," and I'm like,
0: well, "That's how he said it."
1: Hello. Said it. That's how he texted. He texted. It Something was over mad. tech. Something I was like- so mad because I was just in Spain, like my second night. I still had a whole week there. So when that happened, I was like, I need to talk to this p- like what is I know, like I haven't been in the in the best, like in the best place. And I was like, the, the holiday was great, like it was like what I needed. And like I think it's so important to always keep your friends because your friends will always be there, a relationship may not. I know it sounds really negative, but that's just how I see it. Like I was like really grateful that Niamh was there, but like, but like the second day she was like, you need to fly home. Cause she was like, you're not eating. Like it was crazy. It was like, it was really hard for me to like not be in control of like myself.
0: Did you but confront him about breakup. it or say again, did you confront him about the breakup?
1: I mean over the phone, but it just didn't feel, it was such a cop. out. like you, he could have waited to the Sunday. You could have pretended a little longer just for my sake and like, let me enjoy my holiday and then let's talk when we get back. So it was very like, oh, you just ruined my vacation. So like, it really like annoyed me. We ended up back together. Oh wow. We ended up. Yeah, we ended up back together. I remember. I remember. An Irish hello. Me. Me was like, if you. He came back. He actually came back from New York. He went to go see Nate Diaz and McGregor in New York, and of course he was like, I can't stop thinking about you. Like everything I see in New York reminds me of you. I'm like. That's because LeBron James is like everywhere. And I love LeBron James. You're also in like my favorite city in the world. So it made sense that he thought of me at the time. But again, it was both of our first like real, like long relationship. And it was like probably like our first breakup. So like we didn't help one another. Like if I had been through a breakup before, I would have been like, that's normal. Like you're supposed to think of me like all the time, like it's new or whatever. So we ended up back together. And I remember like texting my Betsy and I was like, scared to tell her because she was like don't get back with him you get in that car do not get back with him and it's crazy because you're hurting and you think I'll just stop hurting if we get back together mm-hmm. like we got back together it wasn't the same I was still like bitter at the fact that he like texted and broke up with me I never really got over that like my pride was like no I had like a big ego about it so it just wasn't right when we got back together so I actually broke it off the second time I was like this he was like maybe we can go on a break and I was like I just don't feel like." anything has changed from the breakup so what's the break for unless we're both going to go seek a therapist or something there's no his I-
0: face. yeah how did he take that when you broke up with him in his face because he's a text type of guy
1: he's he just kind of didn't say anything <laughs> i was like i'll send you an msn nudge like remember those where the screen was like shake? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're right like the, and this is the thing i love the irish way i love it's not that I don't like like Irish guys. I think for a while I was like, I'm not gonna get with an Irish guy, and like, maybe like that was me like going to New York. I'm like, let me like run away to New York, but.
0: But a lot of the Irish movies show that Irish people are romantic, so that's all fiction.
1: <laughs> that's movies, sorry. That's Hollywood. That's you need that's to watch.
0: Nor- These are like Irish movies that don't even make Hollywood.
1: Like what kind of movies have you watched?
0: Dear Frankie. Never saw it. Dear Frankly is Gerard Butler. And this, I, oh. you saw that, I think she's Irish, where this girl- Is it not
1: P.S. I love you, P.S. I love you?
0: No, it's called Dear Frankie. This girl, oh. she writes letters to her son because she said her, her this son's dad is in the Navy and he fly, he's the Navy. So she writes him from all these different countries and uses different stamps from different countries pretending to be his dad. And she made up a ship name and everything else. And she would make up the ship name, and all of a sudden, the real ship name was coming into the town, and he goes, my dad is coming, my dad is coming. So she f- had to pretend and buy a date, so she asked Gerard Butler to pretend to be his father.
1: I think I've heard of this.
0: Then they fall in love when she goes, he's like, Frankie, what do you say, Frank? She's like, I'll be there for Frankie, and he goes, and I'll be there for you too, and then she like cries and then, like they break up but he steals inside her life and then she writes her son a letter because she doesn't want the guy in the child's life because he's going to leave soon so he goes the ship's going to leave so she writes him a letter and he writes the mom back and goes I know my dad's not real and I know you've been pretending to be this guy the whole time I just want you to be happy And they fall. is this a recent movie I feel like I no, know 2004 Oh, wow.
1: Jared Butler. Wow. wow. My favorite Gerard Jared Butler, Butler
0: I remember because me and my friend, my friend was my friend Sasha. We came out home from a club and we we're in, uh, I was coming back from college, 2007. We we're inside Germany. We came back from a club. He's drunk as if. And I was like, let's watch uh, Dear Frankie. And we watch it. And he goes, yeah, I think he's like, man, this is so freaking sad, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's watch a really sad movie. After the club, <laughs> he goes. This is just romantic and sad. Yeah, we're just sitting in. This, we're sitting in here. We're just watching this movie, Dear Frankie. He goes. This is so freaking sad. I was like, I know, man. Isn't love amazing? And he was like drunk, and he goes, Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Oh. <laughs> That's it's such great. a lovely story. <laughs> I watched that movie, Dear Frankie. And I was like, it's a great I need to movie. watch. It. Dear Frankie, no, it's from Scotland, good. but I know they're from. They're like, yeah, they. Yeah, because Gerard Butler's not—he's from—I don't know where he's from. Scotland, I think. Scotland. See the movies a yeah. movie Scottish, Scottish, and she's from Ireland. I forgot, but yeah. So okay, we break up, and then you go. I'm moving to New York City. How does he take that? Who's the no. first?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. We broke up then in like April 17.
0: That's when you moved okay. to New York, right? You moved April to New 17. York. April
1: 17. No, I didn't move to New York until August 18. So I actually stuck around for a year. The reason I stuck around for that year was because for me to be able to take career break, career leave of absence from here, I needed another year. So I stayed another year here. And that was like a really hard year because my, that girl, Neve was like traveling the world while I was like stuck in like the town where like he's from where like, when we broke up, he was like, oh, well, like you can't come to the gym anymore. And I was like, "What?" like, I was very like, you know, we gave it a go and it didn't work the second time. So now I'm like, like it's fine, like it's not toxic. Like I didn't really think it was a big deal that I like went to the gym, but he was like, you know, he's like a bit like a lot more shy than I am. I remember asking him like, what, like what when I walked into your gym, like what was so attractive about me? Because you're in gym clothes, you're not like going out. It's not like in the club or like wherever. Maybe he's you're remembering like, oh.
0: intimate nights that he doesn't have anymore. Say again. Maybe he's remembering those intimate nights he doesn't have anymore and that's going through his head, you know? What guy's happy <laughs> no, with the ex God. moving on and being happy? <clears throat> Who's, what guy's really happy about the, someone probably going to approach you in the gym and he has to pretend like the access that he does have to you is no longer there, you know? I don't know. What if you're the manager at Burger King and all of a sudden they take your keys away and now you can't go to the back passes that you used to do? Hey, you remember I was back here? Excuse me. This is only for employees. Excuse me, sir. What would you like? Oh, I. No, 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 no. This is for employees only. You don't have access anymore.
1: You don't have access anymore. Think about no, that. But, um, no, but that. No, but I know I did. I remember asking him that because I was like, "What did like? I think this was actually when you like we weren't doing so good. I was like, because when things aren't good, I feel like you cling on to the really, really great times because you want to, you want it to go back to that. So you keep thinking of like when times are good, and I feel like you tell yourself lies, like, oh, we were doing really well there, or, like, for me and Stephen, physically, it was great, but emotionally, we just didn't really connect, I was, like, like, the skin of seven layers, he was on maybe layer two, and I'm, like, on level 19, like, I just can go so deep, and when the person that you are supposed to love can't, I would, like, I just really, really struggle with that, so I remember, like, asking him what it was, and he was, like, you just came across, like, really, really confident, like, you were laughing, you were, like, like, friend like really friendly whatever so I think I represented a lot of things that he lacked in his own life. So it was like the opposites kind of attracting whereas while attracted me to him it was like he owned his own business, had like a really like nice car. Again, I'm like 24, like what I'm looking for is not what I'm looking for now. I'm not actually looking for material things. I'm really like like you know, it sounds dumb but it's like the stuff that you can't see is actually what you're looking for. But um
0: Let's take that a, was what, hard. What about your brothers? Do your brothers date? Are they married or anything else? No,
1: my brother, my older brother, no, my brothers still live a home. They're still a home in the home house.
0: Is that a problem yeah. in Ireland or is that usual? Is that typical?
1: No, because in, in America, you're like 18. Goodbye, off you go. And I Honestly, like I agree with that because you learn from like having to fail and having to pay rent and not being able to afford things and having to say no because your parents aren't paying for stuff. Like, I don't know if you listen to Gary V, but he's like, you know how many like people message me? They're like, My mom and dad keep buying stuff for me and like they pay for my rent. I don't want them to do that. Like they, they're too involved. Like there's a time where they speak to you like you're eighteen and I'm like, I'm twenty nine. Like don't like you don't need to know where I'm going on a Friday night. I'm just going.
0: Right.
1: So if you just shouldn't be like you just for me you shouldn't be at home. But no, in Ireland the parents are, are too involved. Fact. Like way too involved
0: so we get to august 18 you know you're moving to new york or do you have different options why do you know new york
1: i had options but i realized that if i wanted to travel i would have had to have saved This sounds really silly like do you have to save." but i actually hadn't saved so i was like i can't really travel yeah i was like i'm gonna have to try and save up money and then go and then my brother's friend owns an agency and he's like hey I like new york are looking for teachers and i was like what <laughs> i didn't even know we could teach there like we were never told we could teach in America. So. It was too hard to pass on, like, my dream city. And then...
0: Who interviewed you? Did you do an interview online or you did it in person? I did
1: a Zoom interview with Megan. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was it. They were, like, crying out for teachers in HH, which they seem to always be.
0: What was, um, the, what was the thing that locked you in? So last year was your what? first year?
1: No, last year was my second year.
0: So you're there. Oh, so you're there with the first boss. Yes. Who was the first boss that you had? Megan. Oh, no. So you weren't there for, like, Lindsay then?
1: No, I did not get Lindsay. I was there for Megan and Emily.
0: Okay. So so you get to the school. What's the hardest thing adjusting to New York City? Or this was your dream, so it was, wasn't that hard adjusting at all?
1: It wasn't that hard to adjust to New York City because I've been there a bunch of times. I obviously spent the whole summer in Montauk. I, like, kind of knew the train system, kind of knew, like, how to, like, navigate it. But school is so different. Like school is way more intense. Um, Observations, very heavy with paperwork. Um, Just in a level of intensity with the kids that I wouldn't be used to like, you know, writing out directions and all Like We really don't do that. (laughs) Like breaking everything down to like, like minor details. So actual school life and how it worked was definitely the biggest adjustment I think. And like longer hours, here we're 9.05 to 2.50. Oh, wow. There it's 7, you know, 7.40 to 3, and then the rest.
0: Okay, so we're at the part of the podcast where we go to the hilltop questions, right? These hilltop questions, uh, this is how we end it. You can say anything you want. You can answer it however you want. It'd be long answers, short answers, so you can answer it however. Are you ready? Okay, do I you sure believe am. in God? Yes. Uh, who's your favorite person in the Bible?
1: Oh, wow. Can I pass?
0: Or you can guess you were grew up Catholic, so.
1: Oh, no, well, there's like a bunch of them, but I don't like how have... Pick
0: one. Just pick one. Here's
1: my favorite?
0: Moses. Moses, okay. Do you have a reason why or you just pick Moses? No,
1: I just randomly picks.
0: <laughs> you have a favorite verse? Nope. Okay, I'm not
1: that religious.
0: You probably should start
1: with how religious are
0: you. When's the last time you had a nightmare?
1: Ooh, I feel like I've had like so many during coronavirus. Apparently because we're not being stimulated, like our brains are like on overdrive. So I feel like it was like two nights ago, but I don't actually remember what it was. I just remember waking up and being like, whoa, that was scary. But I don't actually know what happened.
0: When's the last time you had a panic attack?
1: I don't, I don't feel like, I feel like I long-term panic. It's not just in like the moment, but like panicking through like coronavirus has been like a weekly occurrence.
0: Okay. Do you believe in soulmates? I sure do, but I
1: don't believe that they have to be opposite sex. I feel like that's something that I don't think, I think it can be either, it can be male or female. It doesn't have to be like within a relationship. It can be like a best friend that's not intimate
0: clownfish have multiple soulmates.
1: We talked about this. Me and Emily talked about that
0: about clownfish
1: having, having multiple soulmates and also having multiple relationships and multiple partners. I was like it's crazy.
0: Uh what do you think happens when you die?
1: I feel like this has changed since I lost like people close to me. I feel like I would have been like oh you just die and now I'm like I like to think as I get older that it's all peaceful, and you get to meet all the dead people that you miss. Some version of heaven.
0: Okay, this is a three-part question. So, what did what did Kobe mean to you? Was Kobe your favorite player, or how did how did? Kobe... Um,
1: I grew up a Phoenix Suns fan, so I actually hated Kobe.
0: So Steve so Nash that's, the guy.
1: Yeah, Steve Nash is my guy. Um, Kobe oh, used to like a... break our hearts by himself. I didn't even have a team. His mm-hmm. team were like his team sucked. My team were great. They used to finish first or second. So we'd always play the Lakers in like the first round of the Western Conference playoffs. I hate him because he was confident, cocky. And then when I got older, I learned to like admire him because I didn't have much confidence when I played sports, which is crazy because I was quite good. But I didn't actually believe my talent at all. So Kobe irked and annoyed me because he, it was like the opposites, like everything he had I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I used to call him arrogant and like whatever. So I guess like we talked about this, like women growing up women weren't really able to play sports and stuff and we weren't able to have our own team. So he was advocating a lot for women's sports. So he represented like change. He represented someone that had a lot of confidence. And the whole thing just kills my soul. I just I will never get over Kobe Ryan Dying. I think I'll ever, ever, ever get over
0: it. And there's so many female athletes that talked about how Kobe would go to their games. There's yeah. a video, of Shaq's little daughter. The baby. Little
1: yep. daughter. Tall daughter.
0: Yeah, she's like 6'5 or 6'6 six, six oh, wow. or whatever. She's a lot. The she's ba- The baby one, but she's like, there's a video of her playing uh, playing basketball, and Kobe's looking he's, down like he's this. He's on the
1: balcony, right, yeah.
0: All that, Kobe and his daughter just sitting up there. And his daughter, Shaq's daughter and Kobe's daughter are born the same exact day.
1: And the same exact year. Same day, exact
0: uh, year. Everything. First everything.
1: Of, is it August? Something August?
0: Whenever May. the birthday is, they're the same, same first year. First of same May, day, yeah, day, yeah. Day. They,
1: they're born on the – what are they – they're the exact same day, like
0: twins. They're like twins. Yeah, they're born they everything. Are they are have the same, same birthday. They're pregnant at the same time. Everything.
1: It's just weird. Like stuff like that are just just weird to me. Like when I looked at my my dad's dad, there's I'm born on the twenty fourth of July. So twenty four has always been. Mom's the twenty fourth as well. Um, there's just a bunch of 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 numbers. Numbers are weird to me. Like I really believe in like synchronization and like eleven eleven and. Make a wish. I'm always like about numbers and stuff. Like, I'm actually just looking at the thing now, and it's seven, four. There goes seven and there goes four for me. I don't know. Numbers are weird, but there's a lot of weird things that have happened since Kobe died.
0: I mean, yeah. Some people say that the axis Kobe shook the universe. The universe, it was an alternate ending. And I think that it's amazing how, even though he died like that, how much he left on the earth of just advice daddy left so much up there. How many, like, you never know, all these cameras are rolling. That's why I document everything. You never know. You never yeah. know. People like, listen to this, like, Oh, wow. She was really the first person that was like, wow, this is how I grew up. And people, your probably family. Doesn't even probably know the stuff about you,
1: you of probably course. Don't
0: know that they probably maybe should give a hug. Maybe you should start hugging your dad more. Maybe you should well, try I... it. Well, it was like one day you hug, you know, you never know, you know,
1: yeah brothers see what
0: happened maybe your brothers needed that hug maybe you talked to your brother on the podcast maybe he's probably felt like he's always needed a hug but no one's hugged him
1: right that's so true no that's so true it's funny though because it's easier to tell a stranger about your family than tell your family about your family because it can result in like an argument or getting like heated or like whatever it is
0: and i'm starting to realize that most of our parents don't know who we are they raised completely different generational kids you know oh
1: completely they have yeah it's really i don't I think know my
0: mother would learn more about me listening to my podcast and me sitting down with her because it's unfiltered you know right i'm not yeah. the dude that she probably raised i'm a completely different person
1: right yeah they should we should yeah i don't it's know last i don't know people. how many people i'm gonna
0: tell about this podcast too <laughs> i think it's good for a person to like open up you no know, probably people never seen this side to you you know Right. and the next guy that probably dates she probably knows like oh she needs love she that's what she's looking at she needs love she needs affection and you got to go to the gym you know only and Knowing what, what you want is a lot a lot of people don't know what they want
1: well i like that's and that's where like my best friend comes in like i remember she her asking me questions like what like what is your ideal day or like tell me like your happiest moments like in new york and like People will be like, oh, it's probably on the Brooklyn Bridge." I'm like, it's really not. I'm like, it's in my apartment in Harlem, watching NBA on the TV. I'm like, that's me. at like my happiest is watching, watching NBA on the screen. One, because it's a, a regular time. It's not at like 2 a.m. in the morning. I don't feel exhausted. And two, I'm like, I have my own kind of little spot. This is really cool. Like I live here. Like this is my freedom. I've, I've realized my freedom is like a lot, but you're it's right. Fun. People don't know. People don't know what they what makes them happy. People
0: don't know what they want. That's why a lot of people aren't happy. They don't know what. Yeah. If you don't don't know. Yeah.
1: Right. If you go into a restaurant, you don't know what you like to eat. Then you're going to be hungry. Like it's, it's crazy.
0: Okay. You already know how this is. This is the, who are you? We do this. uh, We do this at this school, but actually I learned this before. One time I was in a training, I found this. Who are you? Then all of a sudden everyone started doing it. So I did this in Florida. And then they, when they came to New York and started doing it, I was like, oh, I already know how to do this. This is it like you? the
1: five whys where you keep repeating the question and you keep just saying what comes to you?
0: Yes, where it's like, who are you? And you just, the goal is to go beyond yourself. What really happened was this dude came there and he was, uh, you know, he's, I think every dude, when they give like speeches to teachers, they always cater it towards women because a lot of teachers are single. So when he told it, he told a story about his grandmother not being there. So when she asked, who are you? He goes, a boy who misses his grandmother. And you see all oh. the girls like oh. I was like, he's lying. He's freaking lying. Like his grandmother's alive, but it's all about selling. It's all about showboating. That's what it is. But for that's us,
1: that's interesting. though, because obviously you are in a very heavily like female-dominated job. Like it's it's a lot of women. Like right. I want you know like me who like I just spoke in this whole podcast. Definitely the trend is like boys. I always have. I was always around boys, and then to go into like a job that was dominated by females. In our, in our staff lounge in Ireland, like, you'll see me, I'm always at the boys' table. Um, people say, why? I'm like, because I don't want to talk about the colour of your carpet and your curtains. We're talking about, like, I don't know, Marvel magazine. They're like, but you don't, like, like, I'm like, but it's just something different. I'm like, you guys all talk about the same stuff. It's either boys, because of the boyfriend, or, like, the decoration of the house. So I'm just like, are you, like, you're more than your boyfriend. Like, same as Kobe, you're more than an athlete. you're more than a teacher, you're not just don't like fit into the mold, and I feel like that's kind of why I left here because they were like trying to mold me into like you're gonna be a teacher, build a house, start a family, and I'm like I'm be miserable. Like no,
0: I think not New York yet. City is uh, compared to New York City. All our, our you know the people we work with are very different, colorful people from different walks of life and have different opinions, so it could be very different. So I'm going to ask who are you, and you know what to do. Your goal is to go beyond yourself, and we're going to go until you stop. Ready? <laughs> so you're you're going to keep asking
1: until like, I can't anything else?
0: Yep. Who are you? A woman. Who are you? A teacher. Who are you? A friend. Who are you? A traveler. Who are you? <laughs>
1: it's really hard. Um, a sister. Who are you? A daughter. Who are you? a an athlete
0: who are you this
1: is really hard i you want me to like not
0: so we're done as soon as you Ah, you end it the goal is the goal is just to go beyond yourself oh just keep going going
1: going going, you
0: you don't have to fill it out some people stop at three some people stop at five they just keep going right and this is our final question if someone was to take a book right and they were writing the tara mccue story and they handed you this book, what would you want them to say about you?
1: Oh, oh, this is a great question. <laughs> um, how long or short does this have to be? No, I'll try and answer it. So basically, this is a book about my life. What, what would I want it to say? They like just gave cover? the
0: book, and they're like, if they read this book, what would you want them to come up, come out of the book reading, saying about you? What would you want them to say about you?
1: Um, I would want them to say... That I am somebody who enjoys life. Um, I'm somebody who takes chances, um, tries to go with her gut, um, and tries to meet lots of amazing people along the way. That was really hard. I
0: know. <laughs> this is the goal. It's the, I think it's, my whole goal of this podcast is a time capsule of who the person is. You know, So we're going to look on this 50 years from now. Imagine you being 70 years old and, you and get- just press and play. <laughs> giving it to your grandkids to be like, This is what right. your grandmother was like. This is the all the emotions that she was feeling at the time, how she grew up. How many times have people spoke to their grandparents and don't know anything about their grandparents or the stuff that they have, you know?
1: Oh, that's where I'm blessed. Like Nanatee, like my mom's mom, where like she knows me like pretty, pretty well, like really, really well. Like she knows what what to say and at the right time. Like I come out of her house. She just buried her her husband of sixty-five years and uh, she uplifted me, and I'm like, wait, what? Right. <laughs> what was crazy was when she was grieving, there were people that were like, oh, do you just want to be on your own? Like, we'll go. And I'm like, you guys are leaving because it's not normally her that's down. She's normally lifting people, and I was like, right now she needs lifting, and y'all are running out the door. So I found that that hard. I was like, this is weird. Like, so I would call her. Like, she was like making food, and then she was, then my her um, daughter, like my mom and her uh, my auntie. We're like, oh, but she made food, and now she wants us to go. And I'm like, she didn't say she wanted you to go. She said she wasn't feeling well, and you said we should go. Right. So they're like, it's confusing. I'm like, but you guys chose the outcome, not her. But, Anyways, people grieve in very different ways, and I've learned that big time since I've been home. People grieve in lots of different ways.
0: So uh, how can the people find you? Do you want to drop your podcast? how do people find you? you podcast my podcast, my
1: podcast is like very inconsistent. I want to like make it weekly, but obviously sports have been like whatever, but our podcast, when we do uh, put it on is peep the play podcast. So it's at peep the play podcast.
0: Peep the it's podcast. on Instagram and Twitter. Good. And how do we follow you on Instagram? Well, you have a lot of Instagrams. Which one do you use? I,
1: <laughs> I really do. I have one for my dog, a personal one and my kids page, my kind of school page. Um, but my personal is Taz, what I think three underscores, because somebody else has it with two underscores. So I, three, and then it's XO, my favorite Beyonce song.
0: Good. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Tara McClue McHugh, and we thank you for taking time out of your busy day to shed your life story. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. Now, this is when I see Black Excellence. It's Kenan Thompson, and I see this giant butt, I'm like, oh, who is that? Turns out it's Questlove. So Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, and they're all sitting at the table, and I walk up to Eddie Murphy, and I was like, hey, Mr. Murphy, I just wanna say you're the goat, man, and you're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right
1: now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at least two months.
0: And I said, uh uh, I'm be the next Jamar Neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.